Last week, we met Damien McGinty as Rory Flanagan, who sang It's Not Easy Being Green, and they sang a Christina Aguilera bop, and that's what you missed on Glee Boot. I sang Yay. Christina Aguilera. I totally forgot. Candyman. That's oh, that's I right. I literally was like, they sing beautiful again? <laughs> My that's not really brain, a bop. That's a, a crying it song. It doesn't attach Christina Aguilera's name with any particular face or song. So I just know the name is its own standalone thing, but I don't know. Christina Aguilera, she's very interesting because if you look at her back in like the 90s, early 2000s, she looks totally different than Mm -hmm. she does now. Like, it's kind of crazy. But that's when she was really popular, right? 90s and early 2000s? That's when she first became popular. Okay, I think yeah. she's still relatively popular. I don't know when the last time she had an album out, but I don't really follow that kind of stuff. I feel like it's been a minute. But... That was our Extina Aguilera corner. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Glee Boot, the show where we get drunk and talk about rebooting Glee one episode at a time. I'm Cullen. Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we have a special guest, a Ginger. Guest. A returning special guest. Yay. You couldn't tell, but I was doing jazz hands. <laughs> this, is a, this is definitely a visual medium. It's, that's important to convey. Yes. Yes, yeah. jazz hands. But for anyone who is wondering, there, there's a reason that people keep doing things. It's because we've switched to complete, wait, from complete audio to video and audio so we can see each other as we're talking, which yeah. means... We do things like talk with our hands and, you know, things that you can't see, but we can see. I miss being able to, like, (laughs) picture Alyssa's hand gestures, being like, I'm picturing her doing a lot of things, and, but now I get to actually see it and then explain it to people. Yes, (laughs) yes. What's even better than seeing it is hearing Hannah explain it. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what the people want. There we go. Seeing is believing, and believing is Hannah explaining it to you. Although, exactly. apparently, we're going to be having a TikTok that's going to have a lot of me on it. Because yeah. I, I don't know why, but I just am. The TikTok is budding. It's a new TikTok. Follow us on TikTok, guys. Glee Boot Pod. Whoop, whoop. I'm going to follow you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ginger's pretty active on, t- on the TikTok. Is that what the kids call it? Pretty active means scrolling through it every single night before I go to bed for like three hours, then yeah. And unsolicitedly <laughs> sending me Glee TikToks at, again, said 3 a.m. Again, unsolicited, but really, is it unsolicited? Yes. I did not ask for it. I did not want Although some of them, some of them are like, okay, this is kind of good. I mean, there's some pretty funny so people out there. So many people agree because... with your opinion on Will Schuster, okay, and you just needed to know. Yeah. You had Glee, to know. Glee literally just like lets people unleash all their baggage <laughs> speaking of baggage what are we drinking today <laughs> that's segue. a great segue <laughs> um so um i am drinking this wonderful uh ten dollar rioja wine it's a red wine um ginger is finishing up <laughs> a um a Chianti that I had, and then she will be moving on to the Rioja. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Colin and I are drinking Stella Artois Solstice Lager. Oh, what does mm-hmm. that taste like? Um, it basically tastes like Stella Artois, but it's a little bit more sour. It tastes Ooh. like the Solstice, Hannah. 
Duh. Yeah, it's I love Stella. The the solstice tastes like sour Stella. Yes. <laughs> but like a good sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not like this has been like rotting. No, but the way you describe like a sour beer. Right. Yeah. Like a whiskey sour, not like a sour apple. Wait. Yeah. I don't like those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> sour Sean's sour, sour apple, I guess. There right you there, go. go. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. Is it sour beer or like a sour? My brain was thinking sour worm, but then I was like, people are just gonna think I mean sour gummy worms, and those are delicious. But then I was like, a worm in an apple makes it sour, and then I was like, a sour apple is just a green apple. <laughs> people like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use them to make apple pie. Not necessarily yeah. infested with worms. Not always. Not always, but sometimes. So uh, <laughs> we're gathered today to talk. <laughs> we're gathered here today. I think you started off last week's episode the same way. Yeah. We're gathered here today. <laughs> Are we always in mourning now? <laughs> to dis- It could be a celebration of like, yeah. marriage. Oh, okay. I always think you funerals. Mean of the marriage in West Side Story? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Boy. One hand, one heart, baby. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the episode, uh, season three, episode five, Mm -hmm. the audacity of Artie Abrams. I mean, the first time. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Yeah, no, a lot of audacious things happening with him. Um. Everyone's sex guru. Yeah. Yes. Have to be reminded that he can, in fact, have sex. That's that's what we gathered from that <laughs> that storyline. We're like, okay, hmm. we get it. As if you haven't talked about that fifty times in the past three years. So the episode opens with Artie going down the hallway talking about like this is what enlightenment feels like. Um, I'm a I'm a director and I know what I'm doing. I just like it's about having strong opinions on everything, even if you don't know what you're talking about. It shows him picking this hideous dress for Rachel. Um, yeah, it's got like flowers on the on like the bust area, and it it looks like like Joanne floral section threw up on one of Emma's nightgowns. Oh no, it's accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's be honest here. He's not entirely wrong when he says that's what a director does. He's not. As a person, I was telling Hannah that, like, I felt like this was a good episode for me to be on as a person with a theater degree, (laughs) because I was just like, you know, the amount of directors that I've worked under, 90% of them were in Artie. (laughs) Yeah. Cullen's not in Artie, though. Cullen's a Cullen. (laughs) Yes. But even just people of authority, it's like the basic rule, yeah. you know, if you act like you know what you're doing, people generally maybe don't assume that you know what you're doing, but they treat you like you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's going down the hall, he's all excited, and then we cut to rehearsals. They're singing tonight, tonight. Uh, Hannah rejection. was singing. <laughs> was I? Did I sing? Yeah. Oh, I think I blacked out and I was singing along. I, I do like that, that song. every single song that's from that was from West Side Story. Okay, I um, have something to confess. Two things, actually. One, I haven't seen West Side Story in years. Two, I was watching this and I was like, I don't think I like West Side Story's music, or I just don't <laughs> like this rendition. So I had a bit of conundrum. 
interesting. On the other hand, I actually really like West Side Story. I was watching this thinking, oh my god, Rachel can sing. (laughs) Why are they making her sing in this nasal pop voice for everything? And then they put her in this show and it's like, oh, she can actually sing. This makes sense. Yeah, she, she like, she had that, that theater vibrato and it was something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like they it. Were, they were I not off sounded yet. Lovely. Three days before yeah, the no, first show, they weren't okay, off yeah. the sheets. How, how, how long was this? Okay, at what point of the school year are we? How long was this rehearsal? How long do rehearsals take in high school? Two to three mm. months. Yeah, right. yeah like a say, semester. Like at least eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. We are maybe in November in this world in the real world also in the glee world because like it just no we can't even be that far it just i don't know it kind of felt like they obviously had like three days of rehearsals and then they all of a sudden were just doing it because of three episodes of rehearsals. yeah that's kind of what it was <laughs> mm-hmm. well they I had just... like three episodes of auditions and then yeah. they're like no more no, no rehearsal <laughs> it's just time for the show yep. yeah it was so confusing and so they're singing it in front of Beast, Emma, and Artie, and they're just sitting there. And it made me remember that there's usually a position called the music director. <laughs> and yeah. the music director would focus on the singing, and the director would pop in and out for the singing sessions, at least from my experience. Yes, we had that too. And to be fair, that should have been Mr. Shu technically, because it was always our choir teacher. Hmm. I bet I bet they they gave that kind of I give I guess they gave Artie both because he was in Glee Club. I could see it, but yeah, it definitely not explained. Or they just didn't want to pay Mr. Shu for the episode. Yeah, he was barely there. <laughs> Literally like, halfway through the episode, I was like, wait a second, we haven't seen Schuster at all. This is great. Well, he can't focus <laughs> on the musical. He has to focus on Glee. Yeah. This episode, there's a show that is about a Glee Club and it's not about the glee club i will say hannah was was wrong sorry to call you out i was like i i don't have any i like i don't remember like what was going on who who is this gonna be about like whose first time is this gonna be and she was like it's Shu and emma and i was like oh my god i bet (laughs) i'm glad i'm wrong that was my guess also when i saw the title or no when we were talking about the title last episode yes i immediately yes, I thought that it was gonna be Shu and emma but it yes, was really it, um, yeah it took me a little while to remember what the title was called because i was like i don't even know what this episode's called and then you know after they're singing or whatever and beast is like oh my god that was beautiful and emma was like oh my god that was beautiful and Artie's like you guys aren't sexy enough and I was like, oh my god, this episode's called The First Time. There are going to be people having sex for the first time. Yeah, so this is the first moment of the audacity of Artie Abrams. He's just crying. Emma's only note is more teeth. Um, which I just loved as a joke. And then Artie's like, West Side Story and this song is about sexual you repeated it. Now it's really funny. <laughs> Wait, what's the joke? I think I'm missing it. Just the, my one note is more teeth. Okay. Shh, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I am here with you, Hannah. It's I, just oh my funny. God. We, we but why is on. it funny? 
Because like somebody explain it. <laughs> why have more teeth? <laughs> like you you're supposed smiling. To... Oh, does she wonder. <laughs> it's just know. a weird thing to say. It the, is. Only thing, the only thing it's that I could me. think of that would make this a joke is if it somehow like refers to her relationship with a dentist. Oh. I just but, thought it was just kind of like a funny, like quirky Emma thing to say. I thought I, she was just telling them to smile bigger. <laughs> I don't oh, think maybe you, maybe that's her way of just being like, you should smile more. Yeah. Like they're singing a song. Never mind. <laughs> At what point in West Side Story do you smile? This is yeah, it's not like a happy play. Yeah. Tonight's kind of a it's happy song though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, They're in love. Yeah. It's their sexual awakening, if you will. Says uh, Artie. And then in front of the goddamn teachers says, have either of you had sex or whatever? And I'm like, then the teachers just get up and leave. They don't, they're not like, Artie, this is super inappropriate. You shouldn't be talking about this. They just get up and leave. And I'm like, yeah, uh, he doesn't actually say the line. He definitely fully implies it. Yeah, he's like, have you yeah. either? And then that's so it. So I will say, I also felt as though his implications, based on how he phrased his sentences that followed, <laughs> were very much like not believing that ace people exist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 He, I mean, he was very much show, like, I feel like this show doesn't think that that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. The entire show, not just Artie. Yeah. I like almost, I was saying to Hannah earlier, like I almost feel like Emma is ace representation for at least, at least part of the, her self-discovery is that. Yeah. I don't think she counts as representation because no. <laughs> yeah, because her lack of sexual desire isn't treated as normal. It is it's treated right. much more as like, this is her weird mental illness. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, she's so OCD that she doesn't like germs, so she can't have sex. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's not great regardless. <laughs> Yeah, I remember this scene from when I was a kid and like when it was on and I remember being offended then and I was offended now. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I just can't believe the teachers didn't stop him. Emma gets up, Beast gets up, and I'm like, why is this happening? And so they're, Blaine and Rachel are like, oh, we just haven't found the right time. And Rachel's all like, oh, Blaine, I'm so glad you're my Tony. And he's like, how are you supposed to represent the human experience as actors if you haven't opened yourself up to one of humanity's most basic and primal urges? Yep, that's the line. <laughs> he says I... to two 17-year-olds. As a fellow, like a 16 or 17-year-old. I just would like to say, <laughs> PSA, PSA, the entire existence of acting in theater is about conveying things you haven't experienced you are literally lying for a living i rest yeah. my case very yeah, no. true yeah and rachel had this exact same like thought when she went to like date blaine she was like oh my god i haven't lived so i can't write a song for our glee club i'm gonna go date a gay man 
and yeah. I want in the Glee boot, they're doing the Little Mermaid and Artie will be like, how can either of you convey what it's like to be a mermaid if you've never been a mermaid <laughs> yourself? A <laughs> and then they all have to like, like crawl around <laughs> in like mermaid get up. But for a second, let's just talk about the very real standard that this has in the arts. Um, in acting and even like uh, in writing and in two-dimensional art, three-dimensional art, what am I going for? Traditional arts. It's if you haven't had very passionate experiences, then you can't make passionate art. And if you don't have passionate art, you're not an artist. That's kind of even goes into like psychology of theater in general and and the big disagreements in like the world of theater on like what's proper and what should constitute right. proper acting because there's this whole side of things that are like method acting and then there's this other side of things that they're like <laughs> you realize that that's going to ruin your mental health what are you doing yeah yeah I've always thought that about method acting mm -hmm. but yeah like it's kind of I don't know like I think in this episode I'm hitting a couple walls where I'm like <laughs> oddly enough I'm like I don't even want to spend brain time exploring this because I'm like this is honestly just the show talking through naive teenagers and just saying stuff mm -hmm. and maybe not necessarily just like making actual claims or like saying actual points so this is one of those where i'm like i don't know do does the show actually mean this or are they just being like oh they're just kids they don't know any better i've had that experience though where i've been pressured to become a more adventurous exciting person because mm -hmm. I needed to have something better, quote unquote, to say with my art. Yeah. Um, no, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, Leave me thinking, like, to live my life. <laughs> that's what I think is like, I don't think the show actually thinks that. I think they're just yeah. trying to like give these kids like a reason for them to have sex. <laughs> that but I think they're like using them as like a vehicle to express to express different ideas in general like obviously I think that's you know the show but I think like in this episode especially I've thought a lot about like does the show believe this do they want people to think this or are they just using the naivete of of the kids to like explore different ideas I would argue that the show does believe this Oh, okay. Um, from everything I've seen of the show and how they're going to treat certain characters later on and uh, just from what I know about Ryan Murphy's body of work. Um, <laughs> Valid. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just like it's hard because like what being liberal or progressive is now is very different mm -hmm. than how it was back in the early Obama era. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was like kind of like it was trying to be so sex positive that it was very much like if you don't have sex that means you're like a fuddy-duddy right i would agree with mm -hmm. that like i i always have these very like intense reactions when i'm rewatching glee like how in the world did they get away with this 
or like what were they even thinking and then I think back to like when it aired I'm like this was actually like kind of a big deal when it aired being like this is representation that didn't exist at the time Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. not that they did a great job with it (laughs) and not that it aged very well (laughs) but you know like it's one of I think it's um kind of for example, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, Trigger. the the modern, quote unquote, the modern queer is very like the, you know, the Gen Zers and younger are very much like, how could people like such a horrible film that's like, mm-hmm. you know, super got very bad moral principles and they're not referring to people with the proper, you know, the proper terms that they want to be called as these days. And it's like, well, back when this show first happened, that was the name that people were wanting to be referred to as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or that was just the language. That was the had. language that was used. And this sh- this show was such a phenomena for like queer identifying individuals that were like, we finally have something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it is kind of important to keep that kind of context in mind, especially with Glee, because it, it was so different culturally just within this like decade. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I would agree. I think that's a really good example to, to like explain the Glee phenomenon. Uh, yeah. So, so that happened. So Artie is like Rachel and Blaine, if you haven't had sex, you can't convey this role uh, ab- about uh, a street. Uh, I just basically Maria is extremely innocent yeah, I was gonna say I'm fairly certain that they're both virgins in in this in West yeah. Side Story. <laughs> this musical does not strike me as like sexual energy. Not even in that song. Like it's more no. like romantic longing, which is not the same thing. Well, and when when Artie said sexual well, awakening, I was kind of like, I, I have a little bit of an issue with that because. Yeah. Hmm. I think he he thought they were doing Spring Awakening suddenly. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, they're doing Spring Awakening. Yeah, which you know, honestly, this this episode's theme would fit Spring Awakening so much better than Rent. Yeah. Then West Side Story. Story. Oh, did I say Rent? Yeah. Yeah, I was also thinking Rent too. That like that musical is. Yeah. I mean, and like high maybe not i guess maybe high schools might well, obviously like the 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 streamlined abridged version but like those of you are out there <laughs> um but like it just it does not strike me that song especially just does not strike me as any type of sexual Mm-mm. i'm yeah. trying to figure out what the most sexual scene in like West Side Story is and sex is implied at one point because I was at a dinner party once where someone implied that Tony was going to hell because he had premarital sex. But where? Where is what that implication? <laughs> I would like to know. <laughs> and I was just gonna like, that's what you took away from West Side Story. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um I don't remember. The, I think there's a scene where like they're together and he leaves and there's like an unmade bed. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, Scandal. I remember this. No, I, I definitely remember this. Yeah. Like they're going to find them together. And then he like climbs out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember it now. Hmm. So it's like very implied, but this is like, when was West Side Story? Like the 60s? 60s. Yeah. Like it's just it, like. It's implied, but like they're both fully clothed and it's. Yeah, really? it's that's like, what you do it after look. you have sex. You put all your clothes back on, <laughs> and then you lay on top of the covers together. Yep, exactly. Like, that's yeah. what happens. I don't know how anyone else has sex. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I stay fully clothed. <laughs> you know, Hannah, I respect that. Thanks. I don't want to be wouldn't. immoral. <laughs> this just goes to Go show ahead. you: sex and romance are two different things. Yes. Um, so anyways, so this was just like the first scene. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But no. there's a lot to unpack in this, <laughs> there is. in this statement. And then that just keeps building and we're like, why? Why is this happening? So Rachel and Blaine are both basically thinking, okay, maybe I should have sex. So let's talk about Blaine and Kurt's storyline first. Okay. Um, so Blaine goes back to Dalton to give the Warblers tickets to West Side Story. Baffling, Which we, we baffling don't decision. find that out. We don't find that out until like the end, the end of like a five yeah. minute scene. Baffling idea, but sure, because they wanted the Warblers to sing again. Sure. Honestly, you know, sometimes, you just sometimes need some warblers I just need some fan service, and to me, fan service is the Warblers singing. So Wait. I didn't mind it at all. I sing along to the Uptown Girl. Yes, it my was my favorite good. song in all of Glee. So you know what? Yeah. Worth it to me. Better yeah. than Teenage Dream. Do no. you think Sebastian's? No, no. Okay, you know what? They're better. both on in my tops. Probably all of my tops are on that Warblers album I got when I was a kid. That's <laughs> all the wine that's left. No, <laughs> we'll share it. It's about one inch. People who cannot see the glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole bottle. <laughs> Um, it's not it's like maybe a fourth cup yeah yes anyway i really like this song but i did not like it when the female teacher entered yeah and they what, were was that? what was that i don't Someone know explain it to me <laughs> it was gross so they're seeing uptown girl and then this the french teacher walks by how do you know she's french teacher? she was carrying a book that said like learning french yeah, um, honestly, I, I didn't they should that. have given more context than that because I thought she was a student and then I realized that this is an all-male school. <laughs> and I was just like, maybe that's just the female student's uniform. Oh. No, and I'm like, no, that is, those are students flirting with a teacher. A teacher who also looks like a student. <laughs> They're all, they all are adults. They're all 30 years old. <laughs> She has like a bookish thing going on with the glasses. Yeah, she's like a sexy librarian. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's exactly what it is. She was carrying, but she was she shushed she them, and I was like, "They're the glee like, club." Like I'm a teacher going to class. She was carrying books. Like I'm going to hope nobody kicks me when I go to my locker. Like she was holding them in front Ooh, of her. Like question. Do, yeah. Does Dalton have uh, lockers? I don't think so. Well, they live we there, right? Seen is it any? But. Or is it not? It could be in a different who knows hallway. It's an all boys school. So we don't know if it's a boarding school or anything. We don't know if they live there. We don't know anything except 
I think they just carry everything around in, in fashionable satchels. They wear yeah. uniforms. That's it. Suki just headbutted me. Aww. Aww. She loves you. I made her a new collar. Anyone who's I interested saw. can look on Instagram. It's super cute. It has a little bow on it. Yeah. Um, so I saw that woman walk on the screen and I was like, oh no, this woman's about to be sexually harassed. <laughs> but she was into it, you know? She just, she really wanted it. It's funny because throughout oh that gosh. song, my thought was, ah, oh, yes, of course, Blaine conveniently knows the choreography. And then I was like, ah, <laughs> yes, of course, this teacher, I guess, conveniently knows the choreography. <laughs> um, so they are like singing and flirting with her. We meet the Flash himself. Oh my gosh, oh my I God. saw him and I was like, before the Flash was the Flash. He was, he was horrible. <laughs> yeah, he, I think this is probably one of his first roles, right? Yeah. I think this is probably what got him onto that show. Because there's another person later on who will have a similar professional arc. Yes. Hmm. So we see Sebastian Smythe, the Dickensian <laughs> villain. pretentious name. It's a Dickensian name. I also name. need you to know that my phone, <laughs> when I was taking notes, means. autocorrected Sebastian to... Sebastian. Sebastian. It was very <laughs> aggressive. Like accents like and everything. Accents. <laughs> it was very aggressive. Like he's out of a Charles Dickens novel. Like yeah. the character, yeah. the name. I've never read Dickens. Yeah, no, we were forced to, honestly. Yeah, it was part of school. Um, so Sebastian is there and I really want this to be the Flash's real backstory. Right. Was that he was the Please. antagonist to a Midwestern show choir. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and then he became a superhero. But either way, so he, introduce he <laughs> introduces himself to Blaine. And Blaine is like, oh, are you a freshman? And he's like, do I look like a freshman? And then what it- kind of answer question? I was uncomfy that? when he said that. I was like- I don't know. You're all thirty. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was very. It was like very passive aggressive, and I was yeah. just like, immediately bells are going off in my head. This is a bad person. Run yeah, away, Blake. Ripping sexuality. Which, according to Ryan Murphy, no, no, no. It is evil. <laughs> it um, is. Wait, sexuality is evil. Or dripping sexuality. Being promiscuously sexual. Yeah. Oh, so be sexual, but not too sexual. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to hell. Be sexual within these limits that Ryan Murphy has set for you. What if I don't like that box? Ryan Murphy's word is now. <laughs> what if I don't like that box? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so he's talking with Blaine. Meanwhile, it cuts to West Side Story rehearsals, and Santana and Rachel are singing A Boy Like That. Um, and so, like the, so it's like creating this ominous atmosphere to Sebastian because yeah. he's like mm -hmm. asking about Blaine and he's like, oh, I'm sorry I missed him and I'm sorry I missed you. Like I'm it's glad to meet you. It's a pretty clever setup, actually. I was like, okay, I, what's, go, what's going on here? I like this. I thought it was a good pair of, of scenes. Also, side note, Santana killed it. Amazing. She did. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of feel the opposite way that you did, Hannah, whereas oh. I like the song but i don't like how they used it juxtaposed in that scene mm. just because i don't think it's a good parallel really mm. i would agree in that the parallel is 
in a boy like that, she's wrong. She's saying Tony is bad news when, as the audience, we're supposed to think he's not. But the, as the audience, we're supposed oh. to think Sebastian mm. is bad news. I guess that comes from my not having seen that that show in a really long time. <laughs> well, I mean, but the interesting thing is that... Like, also, it's also a bit on the nose, too. Like, yeah. we could tell Sebastian was evil. His name was Sebastian Smythe. <laughs> yeah, like, that fucker is evil. There was an accent in his name. Yeah, when Rachel sings the latter part of Maria's uh, part of that song, she's, like, telling Santana that she's wrong about Tony. I can't remember Santana's other... Anita. Anita, yes. Anita, that she's wrong about Tony. Uh... And that's when it starts to create some dissonance for me in that scene because there's no, like, like you said, Cullen, there's no parallel for that yeah. with the Sebastian Smythe thing. Mm. Yeah. If they had just stopped the song before Maria they started did. singing. No, she starts singing to oh. Anita about how he's not a bad person. Oh, yeah. They cut, it, they cut the well, song in half still. But they did leave part of Maria's stuff. You're right. Well, one could suggest that maybe it's like one side is sort of the show warning us about Sebastian and then Maria is sort of Blaine's inner monologue of being interested in him and thinking better of him. That's a bit too much for Glee, but one could say that. Too much for Glee. In this it's essay, much, I will. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. I only yeah. can handle some surface level metaphors here. Yeah. Okay? Anything deeper, just <laughs> Glee is like, no, just stop. Don't do it. Yeah, but Sebastian is all like, oh, I want to get to know you. Like, this was nice. Like, I'd prefer if we could meet again. And so then Blaine mm. is talking to Kurt and he's like, do you think we're too sheltered as artists? Do you think we need to live more? And Kurt Wait is that was, in that first conversation. Doesn't Sebastian ask him about a boyfriend? No. No. Okay, so, so he just he doesn't, doesn't bring it up. He says like, okay. "I'd love to get to know you better and like pick your brain." And yeah. Blaine kind of like looks like, oh, uncomfy, but okay. like doesn't fully get the very very clear blatant hints that Sebastian is dropping. I think he does. I think that's part of his adventurousness is that he's like interested in not necessarily pursuing but I'm wondering because like I my initial reaction was Blaine now you say no. Now you say I'm not gonna see you again because I have a boyfriend. Like that's when you say I have a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah I think Blaine was intrigued by the attention. Mm, Yes. mm Yeah. Um, so then he's talking to Kurt about, like, do you think they're too shel- we're too sheltered? Like, do you think we need to be more adventurous? And Kurt's like, well, here's my bucket list. Like, be CEO of Logo. Um, he's like, oh. Do you have the exact quote? Of course I do. And I think I can quote it. Uh, it's to have relations in a dewy meadow of lilacs with Taylor Lautner before he gets fat. <laughs> That's, that's on his bucket list. That's on his bucket oh. list. Yeah. I know yeah. the exact line because I said it like three times. I was like, <laughs> that's what he fucking just said. There were some good one-liners in this episode. Yeah. Um, and s- bucket lists were supposed to be like realistic. <laughs> right? That's Things what I thought that you too. want to 
get done before you die. And he's like, like I know that this list. sounds like a yes. stupid thing to want. And, and then Link's like, sweetie, it's not. And I'm like, it's, still <laughs> it's not stupid. <laughs> it's very stupid. He says, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's hot. Like, what? <laughs> um. Oh. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you don't usually get that much sexual energy from Kurt, so maybe that's it. Question. Though. Does he oh. say field of lilacs? Yeah. A, a dewy meadow of lilacs. Which Do lilacs are trees. bushes. Yeah, that's... Is, like, is the person who wrote this episode, like, not know what a lilac is? But it's funny because, like, like er, at the very beginning of the the show, of this episode... It's Kurt's the one that's like, I think we should like you know move this below the belt and mm-hmm. and Blaine is like, no, we should wait. We're yeah. high schoolers. We should wait. Yeah, Kurt was saying that in his leopard print sweater suit. Yeah. Yeah, and because he's like, don't we ever just want to rip each other's clothes off? And Blaine is like, well, that'd be a tall order. <laughs> because of all the layers. <laughs> okay, I really like that line. Yeah, we both <laughs> laughed. We're like, it's actually true, and it's funny. So, so after the bucket list scene, there's a scene at the lima bean with Sebastian and Blaine, and Sebastian's like, or he's like, Blaine's like, did you actually order a sh- shot of, was it Cav? Ka- how do you say it? I don't even know what it was. It was like Kavase. Kavase. I should have looked this up. I don't know what it is. I've watched this episode twice. I should know. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for your loss. I get excited after we record and I tend to watch the new episode on Monday and then on the weekend. Mm. And so, and and Sebastian's like, oh, it was Mother's Milk to me when I lived in Paris. And Blaine's like, oh, Paris? Like, you lived in Paris. Oh, of course. Basically. Yeah. And he's like, your whole bashful schoolboy thing, super hot. And Blaine's like, oh, I have a boyfriend. And Sebastian's like, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me if it doesn't bother you. And he's like. That's when you say, okay, bye. Yeah, no, I was just, Blaine. Okay, if anyone said that I had a bashful schoolgirl thing going on and was super hot, I'd be gone. Yep. (laughs) I would leave my drink there. Yeah, like you I would just, I would just leave. <laughs> yeah, like this is I don't understand what the the like what is this double standard? All of the things that he's saying to Blaine is super creepy. Is it just yeah. not creepy because he's a guy or are we as the audience supposed to be like, oh my god, like he they like he is really into him? Like, are we supposed to be like not necessarily rooting for this, but are we supposed to be like, oh, this is okay? Like this guy is just super sexual and is like really into him. Like, no. I feel like it's super predatory. And I'm like, yeah, v- uh, yeah, very, very predatory. I hated him from the minute he existed. <laughs> I feel like we're supposed to like this activity because of the way like everything is framed in the camera. Like, it's not menacing, it's more like oddly intimate. I think, I I think, think we're supposed to hate I Sebastian. I think that it's a device. Really? I think it's a device to get you to kind of feel like there is a bit of confliction in Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think I wrote something down that's like, I hate Sebastian, but also I hate that Blaine hesitated before saying no. Well, it's interesting because like, I feel like they're doing it for drama, but yeah, the issue they here have to is be. that like, 
if they want more drama, wouldn't it be better to create a character that Blaine could actually have a chance with instead of right. this instead super of... evil villain yeah. creature? I, I like, know people that ship Sebastian over Blaine, over Kurt. Yes, Ew. I do too. Well, also, I think the other thing is that like, we just talked about that scene where like, Kurt was like, hey, like we should like move things along. And Blaine was like, no, this doesn't make sense. Where all of a sudden he's like interested in in Sebastian like it, I think it if would make more sense if yeah. Blaine was like it's like hey do you think we should and Kurt's like no like you know let's not I agree yeah and then like yeah it just because at this point, it's a 180 at this point it's like if this is your realistic relationship with you and your partner and the one partner's like I want sex and the other partner's like no but then all of a sudden they're like I want to be adventurous and try things it's not going to be why are you gonna go be adventurous with a stranger when you know that the person that you're dating wants this already, you know? Yeah, like, the cause and effect in this episode makes no sense, especially yeah. in Blaine and Kurt's storyline. So Sebastian invites them to go to a gay bar with some fake IDs. And Blaine's like, uh, no, but Kurt's like, Kurt is, because Kurt runs into them. And he's like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, who are you talking about? And Blaine's like, oh, I'm talking about you. Like, how great you are. And Kurt instantly scents Sebastian's evil. And is like... <laughs> Not even just that he's evil, but, like, he's moving in on his man. Like, yeah. it's super yeah. obvious. It's and... super obvious. And also, like, honestly... Sebastian's not shy about it either. He, he pulls out his hand and is, like, shaking his hand. And then, like, Kurt's reaction, honestly, very much probably would be me. Like... Yep, yep, this is, this is, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I just, like, cuddled up to Hannah. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. this no, is no, mine. I'm Back supposed up. to, I'm supposed to explain it. Oh. She cuddled up to me. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, um, very, in, oh. It was, like, an aggressive cuddle. Like, and that's what he does. It's, he, like, kind of sits possessive. right next to him. Yeah, it's very yeah. possessive. That's what, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, I don't fault Kurt for being a little possessive in this yeah. particular situation, for though. Sure. Um, you guys are so interesting. My reaction would be totally different. I would probably... I'm a jealous person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a jealous person too, but I would never show it in public. I would watch to see oh, how my partner reacted. Yeah, like, you... Interacts with this person, and then I would pounce on them. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, you want to confront them. I've straight up commented defend. on, like, flirty posts from other people like flirty comments like <laughs> like what's that's my person <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> no 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 i just i i wait and watch if there's something that shouldn't be happening it 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 would just so you would let things unfold mm, yeah and then yeah yeah confront. so it's interesting you say that because like immediately when he's like let's go to the gay club right mm-hmm Kurt is the one that's then perpetuating it, right? Blaine's like, no, I'm done. We're done. And then Kurt, it seems like, is trying to see, okay, well, if this is what he wants, this is what he'll get type situation. It seems almost out of spite. Yeah. And Yeah, that was weird. I thought that that that. was odd that he was, like, the one perpetuating it because it's, like, clearly Blaine made the choice to shut this down. And he walked in he on should've... Blaine saying, no, he means a lot to me. I'm not going to do that. And I think the one thing that Sebastian 
not even just sex appeal, but like that he's adventurous, that he's like been to France or whatever, mm. like these things. And I think that's really what spurs Blaine to be like, shouldn't we be more adventurous? And I think that's why Kurt is like, no, let's do this. Like, let's be adventurous. Like, yeah. Kind of to prove Blaine wrong. I, but I then it forces that. them all together. So like, so like, I see that. I see what you're saying because like, I think it makes sense with the through line of like that they wanted to convey we should be more adventurous, not just sexually, but completely. Yeah. However, I think that they did a bad job of conveying this because that's not what how it read, and that's not how it read until the very end of the episode. Yeah, it really opinion. wasn't until just now that I was like, oh wait, he did yeah. talk about like France and like other things that. He's but also, done. Kurt didn't even know that this. Yeah, guy he wasn't there France for that part of the conversation. I think Kurt was getting that because Sebastian made fun of their nighttime routine mm-hmm. of skin sloughing. And so oh, he was yeah. getting this very like, oh, you think I'm boring? Oh, no, okay. I'm not. That boring. does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot about well, the, and also the this sloughing is, over the phone. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of gross. But um, I oftentimes, like we were talking about before, forget that these people are teenagers. And if you think about this as like a jealous teenager, like trying to one up the guy who's going after his boyfriend. Yeah, it checks It makes out. a lot more sense, you know? Yeah. Like if this were a normal, healthy adult relationship, then later they would be alone and talk about them doing adventurous things. And then Kurt would be like, Hey, if you want to go to that gay bar, let's go. You know, like it just, but not as a a specific in the moment thing, trying to one up someone. Yeah, I really think that like it's very tenuous. This yeah, this that's moment. Hannah's million dollar word. It's her favorite word, and I know I've podcast. said it a lot. Tenuous. Yeah. I love it. So, okay, so side note, this happens, like, when I'm, like, working, I'm in, I'm a copy editor, and so, like, I'll, like, read words, and then they just get stuck in my brain, so I'll say, like, a lot of just, like, the same words over and over again until they're out of my brain, so I'm sorry. This week's word is tenuous. T-E-N-U-O-U-S. Last year? No, not last year. Last year. Last episode. Or maybe it was the episode I was editing. Asian I don't F. know. Yes, yeah. Asian F. We said the the drink word was bonkers. Was bonkers. This episode, it's tenuous. tenuous. Yes, you can go <laughs> back to almost any to episode find out of what next week's word. Is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can go back to almost any episode of Bleeboo and play the tenuous game. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I do it all the time. Wow. <laughs> Does it take a shot every time Hannah says tenuous? I take a mental <laughs> shot. I just go like... A mental shot. Yeah, I'm just like, tenuous, the tenuous favorite word. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but no alcohol involved. <laughs> no alcohol. Because it's while I'm editing, which is usually like during the day. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Day drink? Wow. Yep. Um, I would. <laughs> so they go to the gay bar they get their fake ids they they get well, the in. other way around they get they their g- fake ids <laughs> and they, they go, go to the gay, gay bar, bar. <laughs> but Scandals it kind of feels like that called. guy the guy that like checks the ids probably gave them those ids he gave me a weird vibe he literally <laughs> did not care he looked at him and looked at those guys and he was like you're totally not old enough to be in here but whatever that could point to at least in my experience in like west hollywood 
a problem of checking IDs and making sure minors aren't there and how sometimes that is, does not always happen. That There's at least one bar in every city that you know you can get in, even if you don't have an ID. Yeah. Yeah. West well, Hollywood see. just has a whole lot more. <laughs> when I was in college, it was, you could get into the bar. You just had to wear, like, a bright-colored wristband or something right. that nah. showed that you were underage to drink. They marked you with a scarlet letter. Yeah. When I was in college, there was a bar that was well-known to serve minors. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't go. I want everyone to know that I did not go to that oh, bar. Oh, <laughs> good for you, Alyssa. Good for you. <laughs> not even after I was age uh, of age. It was, just like, it was kind of a dive. Yeah, yeah, there were better places to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they get into the bar, and it's called Scandals, and it's drag queen night, and they're kind of, they sort of make fun of the drag queens a bit. They're like, <laughs> there's a very That's old a person one-liner. joke. It's a really good one. I He's laughed. like, look at all the glamorous drag queens. Yeah, I think uh, Kirk goes to like one who's wearing a ginger wig. Is like, is that supposed to be Lucy or Reba? And then Plain goes, it's Ginger from Giggle- Gilligan's <laughs> Island. And I was like, what are they, 50? Like, <laughs> it made me laugh so much because I was like, nobody would get this joke. Yeah. Like, like, no, no modern person is going to understand this. So, may, that one's for the parents. It was, though, because it's literally that, like, I got the joke just because my parents forced me to watch, like, their shows from when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Gilligan's Island on TV Land. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. it too. Same thing with like Lucy and then the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, we um, we had Gilligan's Island and the Andy Griffith Show on DVD, and we watched it in a van that had like the DVD player built into the back of the oh seats. God. When my brother and I were like. I was in third grade and he was in first grade and we were driving across across the country to move to Colorado. So we watched oh. all of it because there's a lot of hours in the car. You lived in Colorado? Yeah, for two years. Oh, I didn't know and that. And then we watched it on the way back when we were driving on the way back after moving. <laughs> for the like, oh, I've already years. seen this episode. Oh, I hate it. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the, yeah, Andy Griffith Show, Gilligan's Island, and Leave It to Beaver. Yes! It, that might have been, it might have been Leave It to Beaver. We also had the Jetsons, and uh, I don't even remember what it's called. My Need dad had, like, all of his, like, his kid cartoons. Hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that was our TV land. That was it. (laughs) That's all she wrote. Oh, it was Johnny Quest. That's what it was. Oh, Oh, Johnny Quest. Like, I only realized as an older child that Johnny Test was a direct rip on Johnny Quest. I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun facts. Anyways, that's us being old. 
<laughs> so they're they're at the gay bar and it's pretty packed for a Wednesday night. Um, um, this yeah. bar is literally like a dive bar. It reminded me of the honky tonk bar they went to in that one episode where Shu and Beast got drunk together. The honky tonk um, bar was nicer. Yeah. I think I'd rather go to that honky tonk bar. This is a type of bar where they keep the lights really, really low so you can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Sebastian is there and he got a beer for Blaine and a Shirley Temple for Kurt because he's the designated driver. And he is dressed like uh, Steve from Blue's Clues. Legitimately 100% his exact That's outfit. striped, like, <laughs> what is it, a rugby shirt or whatever? Yeah, with yeah. a popped collar, though. Yeah. I was like, he, he's, he's Steve on the off night. And so there, Dan, Blaine and uh, Sebastian are dancing, and Kurt is watching them, and then Karofsky shows up. Question, did we ever hear previously to previous to this what happened to Krofsky or did he just disappear I think he just disappeared okay That's what I, I thought, thought he was kicked out was he not kicked out no because he came back and then he was prom king and then oh. he just disappeared interesting okay. and I don't think that was ever brought up until just now and so he transferred to a new school because he didn't want any rumors about him and Kurt's like I wouldn't have started any that's not who I am I wouldn't have told anyone um, and he's like, I come here a lot. I'm called a bear cub. I fit in and they accept me here. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with this underage nope. boy regularly mm-hmm. being at a bar. Nope. No. And, with like, with like literally all the people that they've seen, like all the drag queens are like probably in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. This and is not they a call him a, a bear cub, quote yeah, unquote. It's. Mm-mm. uncomfy <laughs> it sucks because like it kind of feels like there's really no other place for him to go to be himself and like while like it doesn't look like this place is inherently dangerous or anything but it's just like it's not a place for a 17 or 18 year old kid well it comes down to like i think they wanted to talk about how gay bars have this history of being the only place where people can be themselves mm-hmm. and feel like themselves yeah. But it's a show about teenagers. And so yeah. it just But there are, I'm sure there are those plenty of situations concepts. where teenagers go to these places. They get fake ideas and just go and hang out. I'm sure that I'm uh, positive that yeah. happens. It's just I don't know if like I don't know. I'm not gonna judge it. It just it feels on it, it doesn't quite hit home for me because we know a gay teenager in this town who is mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, I feel like Karofsky's problem is that he can't accept himself, not that mm-hmm. the people around him won't accept him. We'll get more of that later. <laughs> well, right now, <laughs> this is the feeling that I have. <laughs> but I will say, like, I thought that the conversation actually was, like, probably one of the better written moments of the episode between him and Kurt. I was like, that was a surprisingly, like, really interesting kind of good interaction that just it was happened. some odd yeah. closure kind yeah because like the last time they'd seen each other was prom right i'm pretty and sure yeah so, honestly if they were old enough to be in this bar it would have been perfect i agree yeah it was just like oh you're here it's just mm-hmm. i think every single underlying part of this show that made me uncomfy in this episode was literally children they're children yes yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a good way. If they hadn't been underage, it would have been a really great Like, moment. if this was yeah. about a college glee club, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is about the Barden Bellas. <laughs> yes. Fish Perfect comes up again. Um, All the so, drama went Drake, every time we talk about Fish Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Kurt is like, excuse me, because he sees Sebastian dancing with Blaine, and he's like, I'm going to come in, and he does his little shimmy dance move, and he gets in between Sebastian and Blaine, and then Sebastian tries to dance on the other side of Blaine, and Kurt turns around and shimmies in between them again. It's and... aggressive, and he, like, at one point, like, looks back at Sebastian, like, does, like, a an up-down look, and then keeps shimmying. Maybe and I'm like, it's Ooh. just the jealous girl in me, but I was straight up like, you go, Kurt. Mm. You get your man. <laughs> no, I was kind of, I was with it, because that's, like, whenever you go out, you have, like, your group, and, like, I don't know, I just feel, feel like you sometimes have to dance out, like, awkward mm -hmm. people who are going to try and, like, hit on your friends you don't want to be hit on. Yeah. Or yeah. people who are, like, moving in on people. So, like, I related to Kurt in that moment dancing away the problems yeah like <laughs> dancing away the problems dancing away the creeper yeah 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 no that that's a good that's a good way to put it it's like also like if you're in a group of friends you're all dancing and then like some creeper comes up it's like everyone shift this way <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so afterwards blaine is super drunk and he's like i want to live here i love this place i want to live here and make art and he said he only had one beer. And Kurt's I don't believe like, that. And he's like, let's put you in the back seat so you don't get drunk. And he's like, kiss me. And so you Kurt's don't like, get drunk? So you <laughs> so don't, don't throw, throw up. up. <laughs> Which <laughs> is not true. The back seat is actually it's worse. worse. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, know that. I know this only because I get motion sickness and the back seat is always work, so worse. So if, I mean, I can't even imagine. That makes if sense. If I was why drunk. Yeah. I was always so miserable in Ubers going back to my apartment that, like, mm -hmm. I would be really drunk. I'd be sitting in the back seat and be like, I can't look out the window. Yeah, the I back seat. Do I don't know why. It just always is. It's and always so. If you throw open an Uber, it's like a two hundred fifty dollars fine. Unless oh. they don't fine you, as it happened to me <laughs> in Boston too. <laughs> I can't. Wow. And on like a busy party night. This is my biggest I'm hot mess kind of moment impressed. of my life. <laughs> And then you came to school the next day or the day after. And but that was another semester where I threw up in the stall next to my professor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. Hot mess grad school, Colin. <laughs> uh, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, and that's what you missed. I'm um, <laughs> uh so he so blaine is all like kiss me and then he like pulls kurt in and he's like let's have sex right now like and and kurt's like cold hand cold hand um he's like i don't want to have sex right now and he's like no 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 let's just be wild and have sex right now and kurt yells at him he's like i don't want to have sex with you he's like why are you yelling at me and he's like because we're supposed to be i don't have sex with you on the same night you spent dancing with another guy um, and you, if it, he's like, this isn't about Sebastian, this is about us. And he's like, well, like, if this is about us, you would know that I have never felt any more, like, any less desire to be intimate than I do right now. Which yeah, I thought he, was a great line. I thought that was yeah. a great line, too. 
I like genuinely thought that that was a very interesting moment because there was like a direct dichotomy of like happy drunk Blaine and then immediately it was like I think he's more sober than he was letting on Mm, interesting Mm. yeah I immediately got that vibe interesting I did not catch on to that at all yeah because I know like Kurt says like either like you're too drunk to have sex right now or you're just not going to remember it in the morning yeah. kind of thing and like and but yeah like Blaine does kind of like seems to he kind of snaps really out of it right right yeah. when Kurt yells at him and and I thought that that was interesting because like Kurt very I think Kurt genuinely like was reading the situation correctly in this instance because my brain was like okay like if my partner is this drunk and they're like kind of all over me i'm gonna be like no like you're drunk we're just gonna go home like you, like i don't think that my reaction would be i'm gonna snap at them you know yeah. um but that's that's what he did and like genuinely i get why because blaine was there at the same time with the guy that's been hitting on him for the whole episode so like it's supernatural to feel that jealousy but at the same time it's like but then you got in there and you split them up and presumably had a fun time the rest of the night with him right right yeah so clearly he was holding on to the pent-up like hurt that blaine possibly could have done something with this character that he did shut down but then kurt brought to the situation technically Mm. I felt for Kurt because the whole situation, Kurt was saying, like, in the car, Kurt was saying no, and Blaine was kind of pushing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, too. So I felt that, like, Kurt's kind of explosion, like, this is supposed to be about us, and you're making it about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He did, though. 100% did that. Because, you know, like, you can write it off as, like, oh, he's super drunk, which, like, was what was happening, essentially is how the the scene was set up but also from the beginning of the show kurt was the one who was wanting to do this and blaine was the one saying no Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know arc is so the arc is kind of weird in that all of a sudden when blaine wants to do it it makes so much more sense for kurt to be like i want us to do this when you're yourself and remembering this rather than well, you were going to go fuck this other guy, which wasn't going to happen. I truly believe but, wasn't going to yeah, happen. Yeah, but he was... <laughs> he was still, like... He was getting He was into, not shutting it down. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, which I did was, write that down. I was like, I... Why didn't he immediately shut it down? He hesitated. Yeah. So. It was an interesting scene, and I actually really liked that scene. Yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting moment. Uh, and Blaine decides to walk home instead of have Kurt drive him home. And I'm like, where in Ohio are you? Don't think about it, Colin. Don't think about Colin. <laughs> and now he's, where do you he's live? so drunk, but he's walking home by himself, which is also kind of why I was like, it he definitely like wasn't woods. as drunk as he like was pretending to be. Or maybe yeah. he was just feeling the high of having a good time. This was, yeah, I don't think that this, at this point, the lead writers don't understand distances in Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, they've never, they don't even know what Ohio looks like. They're like, it's a small one by New York, right? (laughs) Incorrect. Which will get even funnier as the show goes on. Um, (laughs) So 
then uh so there they we leave them on this fight and then it's west side story the show and after west side story blaine is practicing a move um and kurt's like i thought you were perfect i thought you did an amazing job and he's like your officer krupski really brought the house down and kurt's like sorry i can't help but attract attention (laughs) i thought that was funny um and he's like and Blaine's like I just want you to know that you are right that I was too drunk and that I just also want you to know that Sebastian means nothing to me and he's like let's go to this after party at breadsticks together and Kurt's like no let's go back to your house I will say (laughs) again maybe it's just my soft spot for Blaine (laughs) I was a little emotional I was like this is sweet (laughs) It was a really their, sweet their moment. Their makeup was really yeah. sweet. And I was just like, I was literally like, again, you can't see what I'm doing, audience. But Anna? <laughs> she almost grabbed my boob. <laughs> but she was I like intended. clutching onto me to like hold on for dear life. Yes. That was the, the vibe she was going for. <laughs> it, was, it was more so that it was like, it very much felt like the setup for me of the scene felt like that big tension before the I love you. Like the first I love you, essentially. Yeah. Like the almost like a renewal of that. I I wish that this really important moment in their relationship had been front loaded with stuff that made more sense. I agree. That's all that I want. Same, it's more same. logic. I wish it hadn't been brought on by jealousy of another guy. Yes. Yeah. I wish it had been more like like I just love you. Like like after the show, just like her being like, you were so amazing and, you know, just something really sweet like that and just leading to that moment just organically, I think would have been. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it, but Tina has a story that is pretty much that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if it had been more like Tina's story, that would have been great. But that's not not dramatic character that made sense in this entire freaking episode. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. She had one line. (laughs) She had a lot of lines. Yeah, I guess technically because the musical. That does make sense. Whoa! Spoiler for Tina time. We don't know the exact number yet, so. (laughs) Oh, so we are all waiting on the count. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, Nailed it. Election humor, post-election humor. Because <laughs> now we can all laugh. We can. <laughs> we can hesitantly laugh. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the I'm final scene, yeah. the final. <laughs> before we get into the final scene of Blaine and Kurt, let's talk about Finchel. Blurt. Blurt. Let's talk about Finchel. We change it from Clain to Blurt because it's way better. I hate it. It's so much better. I love it. I do too. Like low key. Yeah, high key. (laughs) Just just a couple of cute guys. Blurt. (laughs) Oh no. It's so good. Okay. Let's get to uh, Finchel. Finchel. So, uh, after Artie tells Rachel and Blaine that they need to have sex um, as their director. Not with each other, but like separately general, with their parents. They need to go have sex. Which, let's just say, insanely inappropriate. Yeah. Very inappropriate. Yeah. Um, I just, the more I think about the scene, the more I'm like thinking about Hollywood and all the inappropriate things that happen, and I just need to move on. Um, <laughs> so, she, Finn is helping Rachel put up posters, and she's like, do you know who you're voting for yet? And he's like, well, Kurt, 
Yeah, Kurtz... all this election talk had me triggered. <laughs> and it's after the election. Kurtz or Blaine, the Finn <laughs> is like, uh, is like, well, Kurt's my brother, and it's hard to vote against your brother. And then Rachel kisses him, is like, can you do this with your brother? <laughs> gross. Stop. I can't believe she said so that. Gross. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, no, let's not have this. Well, in Star Wars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good, good deep sorry, cut. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, and Finn's like, not unless you live in Kentucky. Honestly, okay. that's a joke that actually kind of translated, like... though, to the modern day. <laughs> I feel they're like they're not actually blood brothers, so. No, they're not. Yeah. And never mind. I, was I say, mean, I don't know if Kentucky is like the best state to to mark on that, you know, but maybe something happened. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more deeper south or like West Virginia, but uh. Anyway, West Virginia, oh which is north of Kentucky. Exactly. It's like southeast of it's southeast <laughs> of Ohio. South. I just need you all to know because Hannah didn't describe what she did. <laughs> when she said southeast, she drew in the air. Because I had to her hand I was going not down I was southeast. not doing you and then over for Father, east. Son, Holy Spirit. South I wasn't east. doing that. <laughs> I to confuse the Catholics on the other side of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> the Catholics like, Wait, do I don't all of the cardinal directions, not just two. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, so where were we? Okay, so he's putting up the poster, and he's like, "Well, um, my like Bert and Carol, my parents are Bert out. and Carol. We will get to that <laughs> later. We Wait, are going to pause on that. Can we just?" For a moment, think about how Kurt actually wanted their parents to get married so he could do brotherly things with Finn. Yeah. Wow! I'm upset! <laughs> Let's touch on that again. We haven't talked about that in a while. Do you I know what forgot, else I talked about? That that's the whole like first half of the first season. Is do you remember like, oh, how Finn. Finn even got to the Glee Club? Oh yeah, oh. shoe. Pretend that, him he, in the shower. that he found pot <laughs> in his locker. Oh my god! There are so many things that we can just go back. Uh, I would love to do a. a I just I just like wanted this to one. point this out because Rachel's like, "Can you do this with your brother?" And I He's immediately like, went, "Well, yes, but he doesn't want to." So yeah. that was an entire plot point. Yeah. Rachel wasn't there for that. <laughs> said would you do this with your brother <laughs> there you go there you go solve everything it's all about like, semantics she's like pushing herself up against my like basket of laundry here <laughs> like, sexually <laughs> honestly that was not that sensual it was a bit sensual okay oh um, sensual laundry baskets it. people yeah <laughs> so he's like what's gotten into you and she's like just the confidence i'm like tied for student body president like in the election polls i wait who was she tied with she didn't say okay interesting because i didn't catch that part she's gonna play maria and west side story um and he's like yeah i'm feeling myself too because a recruiter's coming on friday from ohio state and what what <laughs> 
I laughed so hard. Laughing he said, so hard. Yeah, a recruiter from Ohio State's coming. They need a new quarterback. And I cackled. I was like, sweetie, you are not good enough for Ohio State, let alone to be their quarterback. Sweetheart, <laughs> get a new dream. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I cackled when he said that. I was like, I get this is a TV show. It's fictional, but. To be fair, just, just we, I don't actually know how good Finn is at football. Not good. I, I would guess that he's not good considering his dancing skills. But yeah. uh, there's need, we never, ever refer to his football career. That's a good question. Like, are we supposed to be like, oh, he might get this? Y- yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't know. Honestly, like. You're spending literally all your free time in Glee Club. Literally the quickest Google will let you know that Ohio State is a really good football team and has even in that era. So it's like they were actually really, really good in that era. Makes no sense. They're like, what's a school in Ohio? And some like writer assistant was like, uh, Ohio State. They're like, perfect. Put it in the script. Well, I think it's also like as someone who worked in admissions with a lot of like teenage boys when talking about their college experience a lot of them just wanted to go like I was in Michigan so like I'm gonna play football or basketball at University of Michigan or Michigan State and I just wanted to be like you're probably not but I don't want to crush your dreams I didn't think about that yeah um so I, I I feel like we're supposed to believe that Finn believes he can get it right yeah yeah yeah. That's why I was like, oh, he's going to be so heartbroken. He, he didn't is. even have a chance. I'm actually really surprised that, obviously, we'll talk about this a little, I guess we can talk about this later, but like that anyone from that team had a chance because are they even a winning team? We don't know. We haven't had, there's been no football this season so far. They won uh, their championship game last season. Yeah. I think huh. like hmm. the football team being good is kind of something more that we touch on in beasts well on the wikipedia page (laughs) for finn it says that he takes his role as the quarterback extremely seriously (laughs) okay (laughs) the the 13 year old girl who wrote that (laughs) in 2012 shout out to you we love you i hope you're listening (laughs) uh so uh finn is like yeah bert and my mom are out um doing election stuff so i'm gonna have the house myself would you want to come over and rachel's like to your house and he's like yeah and she's like i'll be there at six and then he leaves and uh finn is all like excited yeah well we know the episode's title we can only assume that means S-E-X, which already spells out, I don't remember when, but it made me hurt inside. Like I was bleeding internally. <laughs> oh no, when he said sex on a stick. That was Sebastian. That was Sebastian, Sebastian. said sex no, on a stick No, already spelled out S-E-X oh. to someone. Well, right? when, she, when yeah. he said sex on a stick, Hannah literally was like, can you please, please stop saying the word sex? Yes. <laughs> They, at that point, that was only, oh God, that was maybe happy to the episode. They had said sex like seven times. I was like, can we stop? You are children. Well, if we're going to talk about how many times they said sex, 
let's talk about the fact that in this scene they didn't say it at all and that and like like the, i thought relationships were about communication and i just want to know who was reading whose brain here right because i, I my house they, at six i i need things a little more clear i guess it's implied also like there's nothing a lot of like in a lot of like popular culture media presentation I guess it wasn't super flirty she was like oh, or whatever I'll be there at 6 yeah i guess it it's wasn't very even. much like we're not going to talk about it and it needs to happen naturally and then like in the middle of it it's like i brought protection me too and it's like <laughs> You had to have, like, at least insinuated very clearly Something. that you wanted I this, I feel like right? the signal is, my parents aren't going to be home, I have the house to myself, do you want to come over? I feel like that's, yeah. like, the signal. Mm. But yeah, they didn't make it very flirty. It was mm -hmm. very, like, awkward. It was really weird, because yeah. my parents aren't going to be here. Like, media-wise, okay. excuse me, that someone's going to have a unsanctioned party oh yeah because oh, that's what happened with rachel you're right yeah. and that's when blaine got drunk so, i mean that's not code for sex to me like in media in high school media when you're watching high schoolers and that's always a party yeah but his face i think his face i really like cory monty's acting in this scene i don't remember i just i thought his face conveyed it I thought he did too. I thought he very much had a surprised kind of, oh, 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 we are doing this? Like, I was cool not doing this, but you want this? Mm, okay, yeah, no, I definitely am, I'm down. Like, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I got from his face. <laughs> yeah, he played teenage boy very well. He uh, did. Which is good, because he was 35. I don't know how yeah, old I was he was. Saying, for but... one of the oldest people on the cast, he, he definitely embodies that age pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... So they they come over, they have dinner, they're listening to like Rachel Berry's playlist. It says on like her iPod dinner playlist. A what? An iPod? What is that? <laughs> it's from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's a really futuristic media player. Yeah. Um, and so they're like eating dinner and they cheers to no fighting or breakups, threats. Um, <laughs> so... They've been healthy for a while, so good for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little while. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, I I brought, I have dessert, I have pound cake, it's Sarah Lee. Oh, that's <laughs> right. And she's like, oh, this is the best meat substitute I've ever had. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, that's right, because you're totally a vegan. And I know this because we know things about each other. And then I was like, no, Rachel's not a vegan. And I know this because she would be talking about it. And I'm not trying to protect perpetuate the stereotype of vegans but as rachel who would be a vegan she would be talking about it constantly so she's not a vegan she just maybe she's trying veganism that's my theory also, i straight up had the not i did not put it together until like 15 to 20 seconds afterwards and i looked at hannah and i was like <laughs> yeah she literally did the I was she's like, like oh my god he fed her meat <laughs> Okay, let's be real here. If she was vegan and she ate meat, her stomach would be. She, yeah, oh, she would. She, no, she'd she be wrecked. Up. Literally. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, here's what would happen, and I know this because I was vegan for about eight months, and this is exactly what happened to me. 
I started eating meat and cheese again, basically out of cold turkey. And literally about 10 minutes after I ate, immediate stomach problems. So, so they would be going to have sexy times, laying down, immediately her stomach would go, she'd be like, yeah, I was actually kind of expecting that. That would be amazing. That's in the Glee book. It's in the Glee book. Yes, we redo this episode. That's what's happening. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually that would be a much sweeter moment because Finn would be like, Oh, your your tummy Here, hurts. I brought I don't you even, a pair of my underwear because you ruined your tummy your... hurts. So we're gonna we're gonna hang out and watch movies, and then we'll have sex when you feel good. Yeah, he's gonna bring her a pair of his underwear. She yeah, ruined her. That's what's gonna happen. I love this version <laughs> of Glee that we have. <laughs> 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 Professional screenwriters, people. Yeah, there we go. Instead of the first time, it will be called Vegan Shits. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Yep. I like it. They're like, wait, this is the one where they do West Side Story? We're like, yes. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. Yeah. Remember, we're doing The Little Mermaid. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, yes, yes. <laughs> and everyone's crawling. <laughs> so not, oh, no, 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 no. So not only does she get that stomach and she's wearing a tail. <laughs> so <laughs> she... <laughs> because she has to method act being a mermaid. Yes. It makes so much sense. So it makes so much more sense for Artie, be, Artie to be the director of the little- Because they don't, because they, oh my God. My face hurts <laughs> from laughing. Anyway, oh. okay, let's move on. We're creative geniuses, you heard it here first. <laughs> so Rachel's like, let's cuddle by the fire. So he lights a fire and they're, they're cuddling and they start kissing and he, she like leans back and he starts kissing and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yes. He's like, did you bring, I brought protection. And she's like, I did too. Oh, wait, before this, he meets up with Puck in the locker room and is like, basically asking Puck for recommendations for condoms. And Puck immediately assumes he's cheating. Yeah. And then I was like, can, he's like, that's not cool. And that's coming from me. I was like, can Puck stop being the voice of reason in the show? Thank you very much. And then he's like, uh, he's like, no, they're for with Rachel. And he's like, oh, good for you. I always hoped it would be you. I always thought it would be me, but I hoped it would be you. And then he's like, I don't know anything about the brands of condoms, never used them. And I'm like, that checks out, I guess. That's on brand. Worked 99% mm-hmm. of the time, you know, except that one time. He that assaulted one time. Quinn and got her pregnant. Yeah. Wait a second. If... That means he slept with a hundred women. Or at least had sex a hundred times. Yeah, because there's no way that he can do that math in with a number that's not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if yeah. one baby is one percent. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I think you're right. What? No, that doesn't make sense. He's, <laughs> I, be, I bet you he counts how many times he's had sex. He's had sex a hundred times. He probably has a tally in his room. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of those tally on His mom's like, why are there so many lines like on your wall? Prison. He's like, like oh. Oh. oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> I should have said that. Oh, no. Oh, no. This episode is crazy. It's bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. Good <Good> everyone. <laughs> bonkers. Oh. Now we have to somehow work tenuous into the conversation. 
Okay, I'll try next. Okay, let's move on. I'll I'll think of something. Yeah. Okay. Well, I said it, so it's a it's a tenuous <laughs> addition to have to add the word tenuous. Bottom oh up. my goodness! Uh, <laughs> 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 Hannah's doing a little head bop thing. Yeah, that's what she was doing. <laughs> I don't know your description of that is a bit tenuous. Drink. So so then he's like, I've been saving up for like a hotel or something, like a nice someplace really nice, like a Marriott. No. Which it, actually that was really cute. It was really that sweet. Was, it, it that was that was it was very thin, very It was. Mm-hmm. It was cute, mm-hmm. but it was also like Marriott is the hotel while I go get like Ducons and Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The con but it hotel. is like Western Ohio. They have a lot of those yeah. big like chains. Yeah. And Rachel's like, no, I have to get this taken care of before opening night. And he's like, taken care of? What? And she's like, I'm supposed to be playing a girl who has a sexual awakening. And how can I do that if I haven't had sex myself? And he's like, so you're doing this so you can act better? And she's like, yes. And because I love you. That doesn't have anything to do with you, like the acting. Just focus on that. I love you. And he's like, I'm going to go make dessert. She is compartmentalizing again for like the 50th time in the show like she is she needs therapy yeah i mean yes this i mean cast, honestly yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. everyone not even the characters oh gosh <laughs> the let's not go there let's not <laughs> um yeah the it's just it's i get why finn is uncomfortable with this I agree. Like I, it's rude. I it's, it, yeah. it feels very like it feels very much like he's doing the thing that women always blame men of doing to them, of like I'm just seeing you as an object to get the thing that I want. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To feel the way that I want to feel. Although for her, it's not actually the sex; it's the motivation for the acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she again she had this same goal before when she like wanted to experience life to write a song and she was like you know flirting with blaine or whatever and then he turned it out you know he's he's like yep i'm gay and like she used that as her like life you know skill to help her write or something it's like she's it's 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 crazy she uses people. Yeah. She's she's sociopathic. Yeah. Um, and so Finn is upset. And then so Rachel uh, has a meeting with her girls minus Mercedes. I thought it was the celibacy club. Was it just like the girls? Yeah. It was the girls. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, God, it's the celibacy club in the episode <laughs> oh about the God, first time. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I, I need advice from my girls. Last time I asked you, it was Madonna week. And I'm like, I, Hannah's going to scream. I literally, I, she, she screamed. I mentioned the Madonna episode before we even started this. Cause it was like, oh, the first time I was like, oh God, hopefully it's not going to be them singing a song and then like having sex at the same time. <laughs> and then they mentioned that. And I was like, Ugh. she's like, flashbacks, PTSD. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah. So she's like, and you're wildly unhelpful during Madonna week. So, but Finn and I were about to have sex 
And he found out I was doing it just to, because I wanted to have sex as Maria in West Side Story. And Tina is like, Rachel, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, they were all like, all of them, I think, said, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. In some way or another. Even in their Brittany own said that was horrible. I, yeah, I think. Even Brittany. I think Brittany, I think Tina and Brittany and Lily, Tina was like, oh my God. And Brittany was like, that's bad. <laughs> And uh, she's like, I know, and I feel terrible, but I just want to know, like, should me and Finn have sex? Like, should we take things to the next level? And Quinn is like, my quick advice, no, look what happened to me. And Tina's like, you could have used protection. And uh, Quinn is like, um, yeah, but I lost something that I can't get back. Like, And she uh, said, it changes you. Okay. <laughs> I hate this entire section of the show until Tina. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. It's I hate it because it's such an ingrained toxic. toxic mentality in today's culture of sex changes you. Your virginity is going to never return. You're a different or person. Or that it's even a thing that like defines which you. Is, it's not even a thing. It's just a social construct. Yeah. So it's it's and it's, the fact that that line was the first thing that she said, as the, it makes sense though for her, it does. I get that. And this is another one of those walls. I told you guys that like I was like I can't tell if this is the show reinforcing these ideas, which I guess in a certain way they probably do by just even expressing them through characters, or if this is them using the characters to express a variety of ideas about this topic. I would say the latter, like the variety of mm-hmm. ideas. Especially because yeah. at first I was like, oh God, here they go. And then Tina comes in and she's like, she gives this really sweet anecdote. She doesn't, does she explicitly say it was Mike? Yeah. yeah. Let's get okay. to Tina. Let's go. Because Santana and Brittany say, Santana is like, Finn is really bad and bad. And so you should wait. And Tina is like, that's so yeah, not Santa- cool. Santana is really rude about it. She's like, it's mm-hmm. like a floppy potato sack. And I was like, that's that really sweats. rude. I'm yeah. like, and Tina oh. called her out on it because Tina was just the MVP of this scene. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> oh, the savior of this, Tina. of this part of the storyline, really. Because like, otherwise it was just toxic central. It was very and tenuous. It- <laughs> <laughs> Drink. I just kind of worked it in. <laughs> Uh, and Brittany says she lost her virginity at cheerleading camp. He just popped into her tent, alien invasion. And uh, somebody uh, definitely assaulted her. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, yeah. And everybody her. just Mm-mm. ignored it, brushed it off, didn't say anything. That's I, an issue. I was like, that was supposed to be a joke. I yeah. know. And, and I was so just funny. like horrified. Ha, 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 that, ha. That's horrifying. Yeah. And, who, yeah. and she doesn't even say how old she was. So, like, we don't even no. know how old she would have been. And she's, what, 17, 18? Like, yeah. It was I'm just going to say that, like, you go to cheerleading camp anywhere from, like, elementary school yeah. through high school. I, mm-hmm. Like, you can be in cheerleading camp your whole life, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I hated that line. And then, but then Tina comes in clutch. And she's like, actually, Mike and I talked about it for a really long time. Uh, last summer and we wanted both wanted it to be special and he was really sweet and he was my first love and I'm never going to I'm always going to look back on it fondly and with no regrets and as Tina's talking they start singing the second part like of a boy like that that I have a love part 
Um, and we see Rachel practicing in the auditorium singing it and we see her walking down the hallway and looking at Finn and he's smiling at her and Tina's talking about her really sweet time with Mike. And it's a really sweet moment on the show. Yeah. I thought that that was the absolute highlight of the episode. It was necessary to save the idea of virginity in that scene. Like, to give some other perspective. Yeah, I do kind of think that that's the idea they were trying to give is like, we want to be sex positive and not like, like, yeah. uh, we want, we don't want you to have to view it as like a thing that you have to do or a thing that you shouldn't do. Because it should be a thing that you can decide you want to do and it can be a good experience. Every other iteration of sex in this show has either been some form of assault or people treating it like this big hurdle or it being very just like lifeless, just like a thing I gotta do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, this, um, oddly enough, I welcome this episode because of the way it's actually changing Glee's sort of mm-hmm. landscape about sex. Like, yeah. I did think bit. that that, since that's where we ended and that's what changed Rachel's perspective, I think that that's the point the show wanted to convey. And that's why I was like, okay, like, that saved all of my initial angry yeah, feelings yeah, yeah. about this scene and now I kind of feel like we were supposed to feel like that like I don't know if I should give them that much credit but like that's how I want to feel that we were supposed <laughs> to be angry at first yeah um I think and they just wanted to I think that's realistically how a lot of teens would talk about it mm-hmm. right um especially Quinn with what Quinn went through and the trauma of she's that she's very um not dismissive what's the word I'm thinking of she she's very kind of I guess bitter about her experience understandably so yeah it it totally oddly enough it's something for like the first time in a long time has been on character for her Mm -hmm. and also like that idea of like it's something that changes you makes sense for like probably her background her her religious background perspective it's 100% true to her you know yeah Mm -hmm. so I do like thinking about it more I was very quick to be angry about it and biased. (laughs) (laughs) And then they turned it around. But they did turn it around. So then after the show, um, Finn, we see have the shot of Finn in the shower, like upset. Um, Yeah, that was... um... That was a really hard turn. It was hard. Like, we, I were, didn't know we both happening. gasped. Because it was very, like, just a brief, like very different kind of anger fest like and it was so quick yeah it was just like a oh my god is he gonna kill himself in the shower oh okay now we're watching this i guess something else cool i'm a little stressed still about that thing i just saw yeah (laughs) yeah um and then we find out after the show rachel comes over to his house and she thanks him for the flowers and is like oh why didn't you want to go to the after party and he's like i spoke with the recruiter. I waited 20 minutes while he talked to Shane, Mercedes' boyfriend. Mm. Um, And he came and he said, just because my career, football career ends in high school, doesn't mean my life has to. He said he hit his ceiling. Um, So before this, Rachel said, asked where everyone is. He was Kurt and Blaine are out. And then he says, Bert and Carol are off doing something. I was like, Bert and Carol? You mean your mother? I rewound it. And that's exactly what he said. Bert and Carol. I was like, really? Someone on set did not catch that line. Bert and Carol. 
you as an actor didn't say, it's kind of weird for me to sing Carol. It's like, am I mad at her? Like, What's my motivation for calling her Carol? She's not there, so so was I did I just find out I was Carol. adopted by both of them? <laughs> Very confusing. But yes. I totally and they just brushed that. it off and nobody said anything about it. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I freaked out for at least five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so he so basically that recruiter we only see part so here's my big issue with this is that we see part of it on screen. The rest of it is all off screen. Yeah. He so Finn is lurking by sitting there and staring at the recruiter hugging this this football student. And then like the recruiter comes up to him and tells him, you know, just because your football career ends in high school doesn't mean your life does. That's the only thing we see. And then the rest of it, Finn is giving us an exposition. And it's like, I literally kind of didn't care that this was happening because I'm like, well, only because we didn't really see much of this storyline. It was very sidelined. And I'm like, I'm having a hard time caring about this because I just, I can't, I don't see where this, where this yeah. arc went. So the thing is, I'm, with I'm getting exposition. It's like, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Finn is extremely very seriously serious about football. However, that's not really shown to us in the show at all. Um, ever because mm -hmm. it, the focus of the show is the glee club mm -hmm. so like we don't really know this about him like really like we're not experiencing that firsthand other than the first episode if they wanted honestly. us to to really buy this episode one of this season like every in every episode there would be a thin moment about football mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and leading up to you know recruiters or you know like getting him ready for possibly you know a big game or something it would yeah. have to be something because otherwise i'm like and the other thing it, i will say my first criticism of this scene was literally no professional recruiter or person coming to hire people is going to go up to somebody that they did not recruit and tell them that their like career in this art or this sport is over because first of all it's not like Ohio State is a top, top, like, football. You know what I mean? It's not like, this is the dream, the one football school I want to go to. It like, is. It is. It is. Ohio, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ohio State oh, okay, for Ohio, that probably makes sense. <laughs> no, I mean, for the country, it definitely is. It's one yeah. of the five. Yeah, it's, it's a top five. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, there are so many, like, and I get that they addressed that, but, like, but yeah, it's not like saying your career in football is over is something that somebody from a school State. would go and tell a kid. He could go to OU. Like there so are definitely like, other schools. That's not something. Even when I've bombed an audition, and I know I've bombed an audition, nobody was like, "Your career in theater is over." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's your true. life isn't over, but your career in theater is over. Nobody has said that. So it's like, I don't believe somebody would go up to a that high school kid that Finn is that bad. Right? Like, he's was that like... bad that the recruiter had to tell him specifically, please don't bother applying anywhere else. They don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. It's mm -hmm. what it felt like. But then I... I will say that the way the scene transitioned, I actually was like, that part of the scene, like the flashback part, I hated. 
the part where he's actually like having this intense emotional conversation with Rachel, I was like, this is prime acting because this feels so real mm -hmm. to like, I actually had flashbacks to like the high school experience of like, I have to get into the school. I have to do this exact thing. Like I want to be seen as like this specific image that I've set up for myself already. And I was like, this feels real. Also, this feels super genuine. Finn up until this point hasn't known what he was going to do at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like this kind of came out of nowhere. He was like, oh yeah, Ohio State's coming. I'm like, so? And he's like, yeah, we're looking for a new quarterback. I was like, oh, honey, no. Yeah, it felt like his reaction to this didn't match. It was almost like he was like just half-assed, like, oh, yeah. I guess I want to be the quarterback for Ohio yeah, State because they're looking for they're one. trying to show that his character is very much the, I don't have a plan. Oh my God, there's this one thing that now I'm extremely passionate about and this is the only thing that I care about and this is what I'm focusing on and then when it doesn't that, happen, I don't have a plan again. And that would make sense. But, you know, we didn't like people set like it that. Up. Yeah, no, we didn't set it even up. see any of the passion. Mm -hmm. just yeah, that does, yeah, I mean, I, to not getting not wrong. <laughs> yeah, like if they had set it up, it would have been more powerful. Mm -hmm. Like objectively, I feel for him because I, I totally understand where he's coming from, but like, in the scope of the show, I kind of was like, there are bigger things happening in this episode, and this just kind of was like, mm -hmm. flat. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even, like, so I, when I saw him in the shower, the shower scene, where he's being super emotional and, like, I don't even know. It, it it's very intense. It's, it's a very intense scene, and I had no idea what it was about. Yeah, it Until took a while. After. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. like nope. so no the, idea. The placement of that specific scene and the emotional intensity of uh, it makes no impact. It was tenuous. At all. Yes, it was ten tenuous. If they had even given us a tiny clip of the football team or something or like, right before that, something. It. I don't know. Give us some context yeah. because it didn't make pass. us think he actually. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. When she opens the door and he's acting all moody, I'm like, he's just moody right now and sad because she clearly only wants his body for her acting. That's what career. I thought it was too. And then mm -hmm. he's like, the guy, the guy told me that my career is over essentially, and I was like, oh, oh, it's about this totally other thing. Okay. I got it. I got the from the shower scene. I knew what he was upset about. I like, I bought into the whole emotional arc. How? How did you get it? Because that's what he was talking about that episode, that he was going to do the football thing. So when he was upset in the show. I forgot. I, that's I, I, I forgot. also forgot. Yeah. The last time we saw him, he was upset at Rachel. Yep. Agreed. And here, the thing is, is like, to me, I was expecting a continuation of that disagreement because that's the way television is set up if you leave <laughs> off on a cliffhanger yeah. but then you've got those two characters again you expect them to talk about what happened or to be very awkward until they do well like, yeah what happened after he came back with the dessert <laughs> what happened that one was a bad scene it's in the it's in the it's, it's in vegan shits yes it's in vegan shits. <laughs> <sighs> yeah Terrific. i will say i think that the football thing is like very much <sighs> It felt so much more like a, well, I've got a biology exam this afternoon. Hope I do well. Oh man, I failed the test. Then uh, my life is crashing before my eyes. This was the one thing I wanted because we didn't get any of that. This was the one thing I wanted. 
Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like this could have been a much larger storyline mm-hmm. anyway. We haven't had a Finn-centric episode in a really long time. This was the yeah. perfect opportunity for it. Yeah. And I, I think they set him... I think this was actually a a flaw from the early setup in the season where, like, Finn's like, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do, where it was kind of like the show's like, uh, we don't know what we're gonna do with Finn. So, like, I feel like surprise, you want to be a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that kind of made this storyline hard to dig into because they didn't set it up because they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's weird because Mm -hmm. like if he is literally the quarterback of the team at the high school, right? Like And they won a championship title. Yeah, like they're gonna have the they're gonna be they're inviting recruiters specifically to show off specific students, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way it works. And, like... This conversation should be between him and Beast. Yeah, genuinely. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't just go to casually be the quarterback of your school's football team. You're doing that because you're looking at going pro or you're looking at going to a college football team. You know, mm-hmm. like, it just I seems mean, very, like, college if football. this is what you were if this was what you wanted to do in high school, this should have been a bigger part of the storyline, honestly, of the whole show. And, yeah, yeah like, if he was going to go to college football, he was most likely going to try to go pro. Or, so it's like... Then again... But that's hard to do he because joined he's in the Glee, Glee Club. Club. Yeah. You know? And you, it's hard to balance multiple things when you really do want to try to go pro in something. It's like, if you, if you're like, I want to be a ballet dancer I want to go to a ballet company you you're going to spend ballet. every single day after school going to dance yeah. you're going to do dance private lessons if he wanted to be a professional football player or a college football player this this show wouldn't exist yeah. like, well I think he does bring up that there is this thing where because Finn is kind of lost as a character and that mm-hmm. he's like I'm not good enough as a singer to get into Niata and I'm not good mm-hmm. enough at football to get into Ohio mm-hmm. State and I thought that was a really real moment because he is someone who's kind of in both worlds, mm-hmm. but kind of jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Um, I will say I super agree with you. <laughs> I agree with the sentiment because genuinely, like, I think that that conversation, like I said, like the the, the little flashback, I was, I was like, I don't buy this. But then that conversation, I was so invested because I was like, oh my God, that was me. Like, I was this kid that like, wanted to do a little bit of everything and then all at the end of the day I was like cool I'm good at nothing I'm always second best at every single thing I do like I like super related to him in that moment and I was like that was a really real like very well done moment but just a few episodes ago Finn was literally like yeah I might stay here and like work in Bert's shop what's bad about that and I'm like nothing's bad about that go become a mechanic so like trade school make more money than any one of your acting friends Sorry. Yeah, so like <laughs> that's what is it's really real. confusing about we're spending so much time on Finn and like it was so small. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kinda <laughs> well, like, I okay mean, guys. A very legitimate high school experience is not knowing what you're gonna yeah. do. And I wish they had spent more time I'm on that, that instead of him having this unattainable dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. So he's upset and Rachel's like because he's like, I'm not going to leave this town. I'm not good enough. And she's like, you are special. And I'm going to show you're special by giving you something that no one else is going to get. And he's like, 
you don't have to do this. And, and she's like, I want to because I love you. And so, so they have sex. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like what she said. Me neither. I was immediately like, I don't know why I hate it, but why did she say it like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It very much was like, my body is a temple and the most important thing on the earth. And, and you, you get, get access it. to it. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to my vagina. I'm a consolation prize. Yes. Yeah. I'm a consul. I'm so I'm a pity sorry prize. that your dream yeah. is over, but you know what? You get my body. She does yeah. have this good line where she says, your dreams haven't died. You've just outgrown them. Which, yeah, that happens to a lot of people. If he had actual dreams that he had told us about. Yes, that would make I sense. don't necessarily yes. <laughs> agree with that line. Because you a person your who has, like, always been very, like, career focused and then, like, my dream job didn't work out for me because the position just doesn't exist, right? Like, and had to leave that. For me, I was like, you know, uh, like, I don't agree with the sentiment of, like, you outgrew this thing that you can't have because of circumstances that like you couldn't have controlled essentially mm-hmm. like even if he's a great football player they did not they didn't draft him right mm-hmm. so like she's like you outgrew your dream to him not being chosen for a thing that he wants still you know <laughs> like yeah to me i would sense. be mad if someone told like if hannah told me that after i was upset for not getting something I really wanted I'd be like screw you Hannah that was that was that was shitty like why would you say that to me you're lucky I'm not written by a I feel like it might not be the best for that situation Mm-hmm. But in general, it is definitely a thing that happens. I mean, yeah. I I actually know so like this is kind of funny because it's literal, but my I think my brother wanted to be an astronaut. He's literally too tall. Oh, he so literally grew it. Grew his tree. Oh, David. <laughs> See, okay, so in the reboot, in the reboot, Finn's dream. He wants astronaut. to be astronaut. And he's like <laughs> seven feet too tall. Wait, Hannah, no, we have to cut it back just a little bit. We, we want to have realism here. Slice of life. 6.7. Yeah, that's fine. Tall. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Someone write it down. He's nine feet tall. So it happens, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can outgrow your dreams. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> Not even just mentally, physically. <laughs> also happens with people who want to be jockeys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to be really small. They have to be yep. like 95 pounds or something. Tiny shit. people. You know, I will always be an inch too tall to play any character at Disney. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, the princesses are only like a certain height. List yeah. of dreams that you can, in fact, physically What's outgrow. What's the height recommendation? Is it 5'7"? Five, five, Yay, yeah, I can be a Disney five, princess. Seven. I'm too fat. I can be <laughs> Ursula. <laughs> Colin, I was Ursula. I was fair, Vanessa. You, you and can she be was a Disney Ariel. princess if you're anywhere from a size 2 to a size 10. Still too fat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a 12. You're talking about me, not Hannah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so Finn and Rachel have sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> I would say, like, they were just but it's all like kissing and then post coitus yeah i didn't want to say that but i said it they did the thing where in west side <laughs> they story the they're fully 
They're both. Oh, it was yeah. like you expected a fade to black, but then it went back to it, and they were still clothed, but still kissing. And I, I don't know. Yeah. And and blurt at the same time, we're seeing images of them wrapped together. Well, I genuinely thought that they that they were showing us a scene of them post, and they were just lying there cuddling. But then they started kissing more, and I was like, wait. Is this round two? Is the what is being like? Are they Maybe doing it? it? Are they it not? Was the beginning because they were in the same pants. Oh, or did Ellie, they put their clothes just, back on? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's West Side Story. That's a good. That's that's a conundrum. Anyway, it's it's very deep here. I'm just using that word haphazardly. Yeah. Tenuous. Are listening. Think again. <laughs> Please don't sue us. Yeah, we are not responsible. Let's you should be drinking right? water. Stay hydrated. Shots of water. <laughs> yes. We didn't tell you what to put in your shot glass. We, exactly. We meant water. Yeah. Um, so, and they sing, and West Side Story, it cuts to Blaine and Rachel as Tony and Maria singing One Hand, One Heart. No. <laughs> okay, wait. Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, that's where they make, so they like share the wedding rings, right? And yeah. they're doing like the sexy scenes sort of mashed together. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they're connecting it that like marriage and sex are, are the, the only things that go together. Thing. I didn't like that at all. I was like, why are you using this legitimate it. him putting the ring on the finger situation as like your passing ground for them having sex for the first time? Because okay. in West Side Story, that's when they, the song they sing before they have sex for the first time. Yes, I agree. I know. But like the fact that that's what they like, they were like, here, like, look at me putting the ring on your finger. But then it counts also for the Glee characters, too, because they use the song to connect those. Okay, scenes. that makes sense. That's what I it still is. don't like it. Everyone technically it. got married. <laughs> they, oh, they're, they're showing you just how every meal is communion. Every sex is marriage. Every sex is marriage. <laughs> how many people are his literature 101? <laughs> What'd you say, Alyssa? I said, how many people is Puck married? Oh no, a hundred. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, well, or he could have married, married someone multiple twice. people, a couple, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He got yeah. divorced. Or like married. more than twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just one other girl that like was infertile? <laughs> this is so So, so Artie, so Sorry. Artie. <laughs> So Artie Abrams, the audacious, um, comes up to Coach Beast while she's welding on the set. Oh, oh my no. God! I forgot. I okay, so this is this is your always on to a new uh, storyline. This always is a new storyline. It's always the Beast, always beast storylines. Always storyline. Back at the beginning of the episode. So sex guru, audacious sex guru, Artie Abrams. Comes up and is like, Beast, how come you left when we were talking about SEX? And she's like, This conversation. That's when he spells it out. And he's like, yep. She's like, This conversation is entirely inappropriate. Okay, why didn't he approach Emma? She left first. Because she's a prude. She's not going to tell him anything. He wants to actually have a conversation. So, mm-hmm. probably so he, that's what he's thinking. That's so, Coach Beast is the most appropriate thing in this episode when she's like, that is completely inappropriate. Yes, I know. Yes. I <laughs> and then finally she said walks it. back on it and then ha- she says, okay, it, I'll bite. And I'm like, no. That's not what you want to say. No. I want to say, kid, I'll get it. Bite. I'm giving you a detention. 
You say you say you spell S E X one more time, you're going straight to the principal's office. That's what it should have been. <laughs> exactly. Case closed, done deal. He even picks up her welding mask to talk to her. Weird. No. First That's of all, dangerous. Super unsafe. Yeah. Very, very unsafe if someone is welding and they're wearing also like personal in safety equipment to for modern me. times. COVID. <laughs> also COVID. <laughs> Um, and so he's so she explains that she's never had sex before because she's never found the right guy. To a child. To a child. Also, uh, let me just sorry to interrupt, but for just a second, I've never found you've just never found the right person. And then she goes, "Guys, I'm attracted to guys." <sighs> yeah, that was. <sighs> yeah, I I don't think I'd ever. Maybe this is just the buy in me, but like. I don't get offended when people like if I don't I don't actually don't know if many people would get offended if you like just didn't imply a gender like would people I think the thing though I think the thing to me that like struck with me and why it made me mad that that's what they had her say is that my last experience with Beast was literally this yeah. whole episode of Shoe trying to be the hero that lets her have an experience where she feels pretty enough to be dated, right? And oh, now yeah. we're back at this whole scenario and he is making the assumption of like, maybe she's into men, even though, though it's like not, like maybe she's into women. Like not rudely he's making any sort of assumption. He just says like- Actually, I think in this case, right? it is and I feel him like, being rude because- Oh, that makes sense. The, the implication here is that she would be attracted to women because she looks like a man. Right, exactly. That's where I was going with so, that. So, yeah, like, so I- think I, this is just a continuation of the, you look like a man, you're never going to be feminine and pretty, and then- It know. is. I think, and I think her reaction to that is her own personal insecurity. Yes, that's how that. she, that's how she felt immediately hearing person. Person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, the sort of, defensiveness she gets a, a right. lot in this episode which which i find really interesting um and it, it's kind of heartbreaking that like that's her first response to a lot of things that happen mm-hmm. I, I thought that was actually like really to me i thought it was like pretty well done like honestly beast's yeah. storyline in this episode like was the most thank interesting god it was actually slightly wholesome like <laughs> Yeah, Schuster wasn't there at all. <laughs> he no. wasn't there to be pervy or creepy on her. Everything's Gucci. <laughs> yeah, so Artie is, I've just written my notes, Audacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says that she is interested in the Ohio State recruiter, Cooter Menkins. Um, hate that name. <laughs> yeah, I don't like his mock turtlenecks either. I'm going to say it. Yeah, he's Myrtle not my favorite. <laughs> Myrtle. <laughs> 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 um, and then, uh, so then he approaches, because we get shots, like scenes of Cooter trying to ask Beast out, and she just doesn't get it. Like, he's like, oh, do you want to go out for lunch? And she's like, oh, I already ate, but you can finish my chili. Um, and, our, every, oh, do there's a new... comment she makes, it's really, like... <laughs> She, I appreciate that, like, in a lot of ways, women, women in general aren't often allowed to be, like, gross or, like, 
you know, basically just normal Mm -hmm. people. And I think like allowing her to do that is, is funny. And like, for me, a refreshing way, because like, I just, I like that kind of humor, but like, I also am kind of conflicted with the fact that like her being struggling with that sort of masculine presence and people obviously commenting on that all the time and that impacting her, like, I struggle with the fact of, like, is this the show allowing Why are a woman- they playing it up for humor when this is her real insecurity that she's been feeling the entirety of the show? Well, what yeah. I'm saying well, is that, like, like, allowing a woman to be, like, just, like, normal and, like, say kind of, like, gross things or whatever, but, like- are they doing that to sort of amplify her masculine presence yeah. or are they doing that to like allow, like I'm not giving them the credit, but I respect beast. I will so say I was it like, oh, this is refreshing. feel like they were trying to amplify that masculine presence yeah. all the way up until the moment when she breaks and talks to him for real about yeah. her feelings. I, it's interesting because if you break down what masculinity is for beast, it's literally just that absence mm-hmm. of femininity mm-hmm. um and i think it's it's really interesting because she is not understanding that cooter's trying to ask her out because she doesn't believe that she could be asked out yeah um and it's that's the same reason why she is also no longer portraying femininity is because she just kind of gave up on it. Yeah, yeah I did get that vibe. Like, I think 100% you're right in that whether or not they're playing this kind of humorous, like, masculine concept for any other reason, I think the original writing behind it was probably just make her super oblivious, just make her super oblivious to like the fact that he's making any moves on her whatsoever. My favorite one was the tube socks. Yeah. Yes. When she's <laughs> she's like, I have a pair of you want to borrow them. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and so then Artie approaches Cooter and is like, you need to talk with me in my office. And he's like, is that the handicap stall? And oh Artie's boy. like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, is it? And is then it? why does office what no? Artie doesn't have an office. Cooter also, I hate saying that name. He also <laughs> calls Artie during this conversation handy. Andy. He refers to him as handy, like short for handicapped. Caught oh my that. my subtitle said Andy. I just thought he didn't understand his name was Artie. Oh, I heard I heard handy. That's it. You have subtitles? <laughs> we should go no. back and see. See, that's no. the thing. I, I just like assumed that he was like calling him handy, like short for handicapped. That's horrible. Well, he did was like, you don't mean a handicap stall. So like, it's not like it's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Artie's like, you need to ask Beast out. And he's like, she's not interested. I've tried. I tried to ask her to Applebee's and she said fancy restaurants make her nervous and <laughs> same <laughs> two for one drinks you gotta love it and he's like no you really need to ask her out and make it obvious so we cut to beast working out and cooter comes in with flowers and she's like oh and i'm done with the weights you can have them if you want and he's like actually like here are flowers i'd like to ask you out and she's like why are you doing this no 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 she says i'm, I'm not sick <laughs> 
And then yeah. are you going to a funeral parlor or something? And he's yeah. like, you go to a graveyard. Yeah. I'm not and, sick. <laughs> Why are you giving me flowers? And then he's like, no, I'm giving them to you. I want to ask you out. Like on an honest God sit down date where you dress up like a lady and I dress up like a gentleman. And uh, she's like, who put you up to this? And I'm like, Artie. And he's like, nobody. <laughs> um, yeah, we're all like, it was Artie. Um, and so, so she agrees to go on a date with him. She's nervous about it, but she's excited. So they're going to go on a date after the game on Friday. I was really sad for her. And we, when her first reaction was, who put you up to this? I legitimately yeah, teared sad. up a little bit yeah. because I was like, you know, it's really sad because like, even just thinking back to like being really young and like naive and insecure, like that, that feeling of like nobody could ever like me enough possibly to ever want to be with me is how she's lived her entire life and the fact that she literally refuses to accept that he could possibly be interested in her because she sees no value in herself whatsoever so I was like I was like I'm not gonna cry (laughs) but I am a little bit and I'm really glad she's finally like being able to be treated as she should be by a guy I read that as like this has happened in the past where some someone like like tricked her by like asking Uh her out and then like made fun of her and took it away and stuff like that like that's yeah like that's immediately like the backstory that like hit Uh me even though like it's not even really even like that implied like it could mean many different things so but i picked up on that backstory too so i think they were trying to put that in there i mean that's something that happens way too often, I want to say. Yeah, and just in why general. Is, yeah, why is that a thing that guys like to do? I don't know. Cullen? We could unpack that. <laughs> we well, all the times, all the times I fake ask somebody out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's something, I think there's just something really intimate about someone asking you out and having those like feelings of like mm-hmm. oh my god someone likes me and then having that not only just ripped away from you to be like no I didn't like you but also like know that people were watching and mm-hmm. like planning yeah. this it's like embarrassing and so many levels to it so like honestly I have to say like to give that kind of backstory even if n- not everyone got it or even if it's not even like totally implied is actually pretty impressive for like a small moment like that. I agree. In mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Artie's Coach B's story is done. We see her and Cooter at the at the game or at at the play. <laughs> uh, at the theater game. At the theater <laughs> game. <laughs> go go with Team West Side Story. He's like, what what is this place? A movie theater. Yeah, he called it a movie, a movie theater. theater. I, was like, I was like, you're, you're not that idiot. stupid. I was like, you are a human being. You're not that stupid. Have you ever seen a play? Do you know but, what a play is? <laughs> but Artie's story goes on um, because right before the play, uh, he's like, he panics and he's like, everything's wrong. This is all wrong. They're going to know I'm a huge fraud. Um, like the set, the costumes, the direction, everything. And Emma's like, Artie, you were brilliant. And then Tina's like, oh, we want to talk to you. And they bring him flowers and they he's thank like, him. It's a mutiny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought that was really funny. I was like, it's a mutiny. And they thank him, and... And this is where we find out that everyone in Glee Club is actually also in the musical. Yeah. Yeah. Just put that out there. 
Mercedes wasn't in it though. Mercedes was watching from the audience. She's not in the Glee Club. Mercedes not in the Glee Club. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she's not in the Glee Club anymore. You know what? The Glee Club's assignment was please be in the musical. We need singers. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Shu wrote on the board. No, Artie wrote on the board. Singers, help. Um, and I actually thought this moment where they thank him and he's like, you know, being in a chair, people always coddle you and it's nice to feel like a man. I don't know about the, the, it's nice to feel like a man, that whole aspect of it, but I thought the them thanking him for his guidance and his panic that as someone who's directed connected with me, because on the eve of my first musical, I had like a meltdown and was like, thought I wasted everyone's time and ruined everything for everyone. And I was never going to do anything with my life. So, like, I connected with Artie more than I ever have before. Um, so I was like, oh, my gosh, this episode humanized Artie in the same episode that he was the most audacious man. Yeah, but also, like, they humanized him in a way that they they make fun of his chair situation so often, mm-hmm. literally every seeking, like, every freaking second that he is on screen mm-hmm. is a wheelchair joke. And I literally was like, I think that this is the first time I have ever heard him say something serious and real about being in a wheelchair that I believe and, like, I actually had an emotional response to. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. if it was less posed of, like, being a man, I think he, he also was kind of, like, more like a being grown up and yeah. being self-sufficient. Well, I thought was... I yeah, thought the self-sufficiency really is like, you know, you think you're never going to be able to do things by yourself or for yourself and people are always going to think you need help and mm-hmm. like to have people actually let me do that was empowering. Yeah. And I think like, but he, he does, he does equate it a lot to like growing up and I'm like, I don't think it's necessary. Like no. it's really more of a other people respecting me kind of thing. Yeah. And the line that I most related to is the one where he what was it that you said like people don't know how to react or something like that yeah he was like yeah. people like um are they're afraid of saying the wrong thing yes exactly which i'm like everyone except for apparently the people in this glee club but they are not afraid to say the wrong thing and they say it all the time <laughs> yeah but so actually i like this moment mm-hmm. i did too it was uh, one of my more favorite moments mm-hmm. of this episode <laughs> And then they're doing, they do America. This is from West Side Story. We get a shot of them doing America. Um, they're all, uh, Puck is Bernardo. They're all using fake accents. Yeah, question. The accents are not, are not good. So accents are I actually very... posed this question to Ginger because I was like, okay, a high school production or any production that involves mostly white people, would they be doing accents or would they be speaking normally and just like getting away with it? Like, what do you guys think? Because I couldn't, I've never seen this live. I've only seen the movie. So like, I don't know what would likely happen. I think it depends on the director. Mm-hmm. Okay. At yeah. the school, I will say, mm-hmm. in my high school, we did shows that were like set in New York City and we all had to have the New York accents. But then we did sh- a show with a new music director who came in and we did Aida and we were all cast as the Nubians, a school full of literally white people and one black performer who played Aida. And we're all supposed to be the Nubian people. And we were like, I'm very uncomfortable. Like, (laughs) (laughs) please don't ask me to do absolutely anything other than be a normal person acting like a 
person living in this time period with no reference to the color of our skin or our culture, please. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know? what I was wondering because I was like, I was like, I get why they would do some sort of accent, but I'm like, I mean, my answer was hypothetically, they should have Spanish performers. Yeah. Hypothetically. Ideally. But Ideally. we also talked about how like, West Side Story at this point in time was not necessarily a controversial choice uh -uh. for high schools to do, right? Yeah. So like, but I think what makes it more controversial is the fact they're they're doing accents. Yeah, and I'm like, but I also think this is a thing. But it's not the wits aged poorly again. Like mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff in theater that was overlooked for ages and yeah. ages and ages, and the modern day has really criticized theater. Think about how many years that people have been casting yeah. inappropriately, you know, or like mm -hmm. having actors do inappropriate things for roles. So I think that like, again, back when they wrote this, they were like, it'd be really funny if the accents were terrible. And they didn't think anything else of it, of like, this could be racially insensitive, right. you know? Yeah. Honestly, I would say if it was an uh, I I would say no accents, yeah. just because that's, it's gonna be hard for high schoolers to yeah, yeah that's to what do I it. Too. But I mean, these aren't <laughs> these aren't normal high schoolers. These are uber talented high schoolers. I guess I don't know. <laughs> like we yeah, no accents in any of our high school productions and i'm sorry that they made you do new york accents i apologize mm -hmm. i appreciate your sympathy <laughs> she's like it was fine i nailed it <laughs> <laughs> so they're singing america um we they have uh what's the name rory is playing a oh uh <laughs> puerto rican and i'm like the irish kid and and the beast in the in the audience is like, we gotta work on this kid's diction. And I'm like, yeah, it's literally like kind of the accent, but mostly just his Irish accent. And I'm like, oh, it didn't even sound like an Irish accent. It just sort of like he vomited a sentence. <laughs> he vomited sounds, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I'm, uh, uh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then. Artie works in the Jets into into America, and they so they come out, um, and they are sing they sing part of the song, and this really happens because of Mike Chang's storyline, which let's quickly touch on. Mike Chang's dad approaches Mike Chang Senior approaches him and is like, "You didn't tell me that you were in the musical. You lied to me. I heard your mother talking about it on the phone. You made a liar out of her too." He's like. Dad, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a professional dancer. Which, okay, doesn't make any sense at all because last time we saw him with his mother, she's like, okay, if you get this part, we're going to go tell your dad together, which yep. they obviously did it not. It didn't happen. I whipped yeah. out. Yeah, I thought did of that too. Happen. Yeah. So, like, no. he should have been like, no, I want you to drop out of the musical, not, you didn't tell me. Yeah, exactly. Again, also, every episode of Glee exists in a separate universe every time. I just, I literally wrote down in all caps, cool, Asian story sideline like usual. And then <laughs> I told her, I was like, hey, the Asian F episode had that story, yeah, like, sideline. Sideline so. there too. And it, to me, it's like, not only is this taking an extremely stereotypical approach to the Asian experience for this show, but it's completely sidelining it as this isn't as important as Finn's 
apparent attempt we didn't know about to join. We know what Mike wants to do. We've known what Mike wants to do. Mm -hmm. And Mike is like strong enough to stand up this to his father. This is way more heartbreaking which is to me. So like, I was very emotionally impacted and I was like, why didn't this get a bigger storyline? It was such a small moment for how hugely impactful this would have yeah, been on yes. Mike's character. His father literally disowns him yep. in the middle of his high school hallway. Yeah. yeah. Only at his locker. Like he's never going to be able to open his locker the same way ever again. It was so tiny. We'll make of, an entire other episode yes, in the please. reboot called The Locker. Yes. The and locker. it will be about his PTSD of this moment. Yes. For the rest of his high school career. I, okay, so here's the thing, going back to Finn in, in parallel with this. Finn, he has not singularly wanted something mm -mm. at all this season. Really, we don't know. And that's what makes a protagonist, right? Who wants the, the, yep, strong, yep. Who has the strongest desire. Mm -hmm. We know this. You have Mike. We know what he wants. And like, even such a small moment like this, because it got so sidelined, way more impactful because we know that he wanted it and he's having this he should be the protagonist that's it mike chang mm -hmm. protagonist of the glee boot <laughs> i think our work here is done <laughs> just to wrap that up podcast is over guys bye <laughs> bye um yeah because his dad is like well no son of mine is gonna do this and mike is like well i guess i don't have a dad anymore and it's this really impactful scene i just also, That's like, intense. as, as, like, a 25-year-old adult who's had, like, these kind of discussions with their father this past year, like, it's an extremely emotional experience, and, like, being in high school, like, surrounded by people that you know, like, your age. Again, like, why are they just me, letting I'm, people like, in the high school? That is absolutely ridiculously traumatic. Like, the fact that, like, like, that this, if, if this had, like, has this much of an impact on an adult that has their life together and has no financial obligations or, like, social obligations or, like, parental obligations to their, and not even to mention cultural obligations because, um, you know, if, if you're expected to, you know, house your parents when they're too old, right, or, like, continuously serve your household in a specific way, like, based mm -hmm. on what your family expects of you, like, at that young age like if this if this kind of an interaction has such an impact on somebody that doesn't necessarily have to have ties to this person to have a fulfilling life if you're this young and your entire like life revolves around your parents ability to like your ability to do things with the money that your parents give you you know or like he's gonna have to go work three jobs or mm -hmm. you know like it's it's very very intense and like it was just brushed aside so much that I was like, I was very impacted by that moment. And I was just really like sad to see it brushed aside. So like, so pushed yeah. in the corner, like it could have been a whole episode for him. It really could and have. We, we really don't know anything about his home life or like, no. if this is going to be an issue between his mom and his dad, or is his dad going to kick him out of the house? Like, the audience. Do you yeah. think they're relying on our knowledge of stereotypes about Asian parents and families to fill in the gaps about that? Do you think so? Probably. Oh my goodness. Because you just said like, we don't, and I'm like, you're right. But I no, think no. I do only because they're using stereotypes and like characteristics that I have learned to be possibly true. I don't know. 
so yeah, like they're probably re- just relying on. Well, I hate it. I don't. I yeah, <laughs> I hate it, and I want it to stop. Yeah, I mean, we've already weird. Quinn was kicked out of her house. Like, mm-hmm. I is this what's gonna happen to Mike? Like, what's I don't understand. Um, yeah, we don't get. Uh, we don't understand the implications of it. No, yeah. we see his mom in the audience of West Side Story, and there's an she's empty so chair. She's so proud. I know. She's she so looks sweet. So proud. And she's her. she's so happy. And he I loves, did what did we say her name was? What did we name her? Susan. Susan, yeah, Susan yeah. Chang. Um, she was so proud, and there's an empty chair next to her, and Mike kind of looks sadly at the empty chair. I didn't notice it at all. <laughs> well, it was. And yeah, it's not a it's proud. not a long shot. It's it's yeah. pretty quick too. So well, that's. I mean, I that guess I sense. just figured that she was sitting next to an empty chair because nobody was sitting there. Like, that's how my high school She's not saving the seat. <laughs> the, the high school productions I was in, like, there were definitely Left a lot of empty seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, but that's the end of the storyline. So that's... Can I just say that I was really hoping that they would show Mike's really good dancing skills i know i kept waiting for it i was we already like, saw it i was like episodes ago i was just like his mom is here and she's looking all right he's gonna come out and do some sort of really awesome solo and then she just smiles at him backstage and he smiles and i was like that's it i just really wanted him to do something like cool yeah. for his mom I exactly. wanted that, and it didn't happen. So in the reboot, he's gonna have a really cool solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna have an entire episode dedicated to his family life. Yes, and this I just issue would like that. to say, I know I'm slightly skipping ahead, but Santana gets a whole episode dedicated to her issues with her. Yeah. family life and Spoilers. other people's so many, opinions about so her. So many characters <laughs> have these kind of things. And it's like, I just, I feel like they choose the most random times to give characters who are actually really interesting moments and they just never really develop them. Yeah. It's, it mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah. Speaking of that, it is Tina time. Tina got 13 lines. Whoa, double digits. Yes, Dang. I give the... So the, the, does this include her singing in the song or is it, it just is, speaking? It includes where she says, I know you do. Okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> that is a sung line. It's a sort of sung line. It's in the song, yeah. but it's spoken. So I counted it. Yep, that counts. We got to take him where we can get him. True. This was a big episode for Tina. She thanked yeah. Artie. She talked about sex positivity. Mm-hmm. She saved a scene about sex positivity. <laughs> yes. Colin counted the lines. I did not. I looked at his notes when I said that. Nice. Yes. Honesty, transparency with Love our it. listeners. Yes, transparency <laughs> with the listeners. Um, I want them to trust us. <laughs> what is the equivalent of transparency for voice and sound <laughs> i don't know 
I get what you're saying. Like transparency, transparency in some is ways a visual, visual thing, but it is also um, abstract as well. It like, is an abstract idea. Yeah. But I just want to know if there is, is an equivalent. An equivalent. Hmm. Let us know. Tori sensing. Just, I just want to know. All right. Uh, and now it's time for MVPs <laughs> and LVPs. This is like our fourth etymology lesson from Alyssa. <laughs> like where she's just like wants to know something about a word or like we're explaining <laughs> something about a phrase or word. <laughs> Amazing. You are all very welcome. Alyssa <laughs> <laughs> is doing her best to educate us, and we just want to talk about Glee. <laughs> I'm doing my best to educate you. I'm doing my best to educate myself. Nobody knows anything. True. <laughs> She's like, I'm surrounded by idiots, so. <laughs> I'm trying to better myself. Come on. Be smarter. <laughs> so. Ginger, who is your least favorite character in this episode? Sebastian. <laughs> Trying to home wreck my OTP. <laughs> Trying to ruin OTP. Blurt. Oh they yeah. can't ruin Blurt. I love Blurt so much. <laughs> it's so good. Um, my LVP is Artie um, because he tried to be everyone's sex guru. And the fact that he talked to teachers about sex and in front of sex super inappropriate should have had a detention in front of sex yeah in front of teachers (laughs) i have been blasted by the word sex in this episode and then also having to talk about the episode that literally it's the only word that's coming out of my sex so (laughs) that one was planned Uh, you don't say (laughs) um yes he's talking about sex in front of teachers (laughs) and it's like you should have detention for the rest of the year um i'm gonna go with rachel because she oh yeah is totally taking advantage of finn yeah in this episode and she doesn't even realize it which is kind of a new low for her like most of the time (laughs) she's like oh yeah i need this because i need i need this thing done but (laughs) In this episode, you know. she's more like, I need this and I also love you. It's, it's she's just she tells know. him to actively ignore what she just said. Yep. And just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very she's just I don't know. Yeah. I don't, Valid. She's just kind of gross. She was my second bit. choice. Yeah. Oh, this is actually really hard. Usually I know because it's glee and it's like <laughs> just so obvious. I think I'm going to go with Sebastian as well. I would have picked Artie, except for the moment where I connected with him as a director. That saved Mm -hmm. him in the final spot. Um, So I'm going with Sebastian for being pretentious. and (laughs) For for being named Sebastian Smile. Rachel (laughs) went through a period of growth and learned about how she should view sex. And then, you know, Artie had a very real emotional moment that I was able to connect to, but Sebastian just sucks and he knows that he sucks and he doesn't care that he sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I respect that, so. <laughs> <laughs> to have the balls to do that? To just I know mean... that you suck, but keep sucking. 
Oh, sorry. I should have said that in an episode that had sex in it every two seconds. Thanks. But Ginger, what was, who is your MVP? Who is your favorite character? I, I said Tina. Good choice. For her moment of clarity that I super agreed with and thought was very important and very needed and made the whole episode bearable. Yeah, I second that. <laughs> Tina, for having that really good perspective at a very necessary moment in the episode and the series. I'm going to go with her other Asian half, Mike. Oh, Mike. Yeah, he had such a small storyline this episode, but I really wish that it was bigger. And mm-hmm. I want to get more behind his decision to go after dance in, instead of being a doctor or whatever his dad wants him to be and he was so strong like standing up to his dad yeah Yeah, it's it's hard to do that with your parents and i'm i'm behind him so my good choice i'm going with finn i really connected to his feeling lost um and like the line where he just the line like i'm not good enough at singing or at sports and I just connected with that because, like, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was like, well, I'm not a good enough actor to be an actor or a singer to be a singer. Like, so I connected with that. Um, and I thought he did a really good, his performance was really impeccable. Um, yeah, he did have a lot of great performances. Yeah. But I also really considered Tina for her, I wrote in my notes for her Tina time. This was the show giving her Tina time, so, yeah. Um, Now songs. So we didn't have many songs this episode. We have Tonight. Um, We had A Boy Like That slash I Have a Love. We have America, One Hand, One Heart, and then Uptown Girl just randomly. (laughs) So Ginger, what was your least favorite song? Probably America because of the accent thing. But I do have to say, like, with the disclaimer, Santana is excluded from all criticism. She was perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I second that from, like, head to toe. Like, the accents threw me off. And also, like, this was the moment where, like, I was watching it. And I'm like, I don't think I like the music in West Side Story. <laughs> she said that out loud. I was like, I kind of think I'm realizing that. So I need to go back and watch it. Because obviously Glee is not, like, the best representation of anything. <laughs> They're remaking it, right? There's a new one supposed to be coming out soon. Yeah. Is and there? I, Ooh, one, yeah, they are, they are remaking it into a movie, but I don't know who's been casted or who's directing or interesting. anything. Interesting. I don't even remember where I heard it. Still waiting for In the Heights to come out. So well, it's, it's COVID could it's stop, pushed, that'd be cool. It was pushed mm-hmm. out a whole year, which makes me really sad because I was looking they forward probably, to it so much. They probably didn't even finish Principal. And then COVID <laughs> happened. They're like, God damn it. <laughs> um, what are Brown songs? I'm going to go with One Hand, One Heart. It was kind of boring. I don't really like it anyway. <laughs> um, Yeah. I think that's, I, not, that's a valid choice. Yeah. yeah, I second that. Um, because yeah. even when I listen to West Side Story, because I, I like the song America. I like West Side Story. But One Hand, One Heart is 
boring. boring. <laughs> yeah. It's just a It's no song. one's favorite West Side Story song. No one's like, West Side Story, one hand, one heart, right? <laughs> it's like someone in the comments is gonna sound off and be like, how dare you? <laughs> it's just my favorite song. <laughs> well, you have bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Ginger, what was your favorite song? Obviously, One Hand, One Heart. Two hundred percent Uptown Girl. I will die by my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I picked Tonight because, like, I think it's the only song that was from West Side Story in this episode that I was like, oh yeah, I like this song. Um, I don't think I really cared for Uptown Girl. I prefer the original. I, I'm I'm married to the original, so to speak. Also, um, did this already happen that Tina sang this for a Glee Club in like a yes. brief moment? Okay, that's what I thought. Because I was like, wait a second, they technically did this song before. They did. They doubled down. They did the same song twice. Wow, and- recycling music. What does the show become? trash (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) you have bad taste if you like whatever that one song is called (laughs) Glee is trash (laughs) Uh, what's my favorite song okay I am really really torn between tonight and uptown girls uptown (laughs) girls Uptown girl. One. Multiple uptown girls. There's a lot of girls uptown, okay? Yeah, and they're all uptown. Um, I'm gonna go with tonight because it matches the episode better. It does. Uptown girl was so out of place. It was seriously care. really The warblers were so out of place. It the was. only reason they're there is because they're probably gonna come back in the future. I sang to both of them. I like both of the songs, but Tonight just fits the episode better, so I'm going with that one. I'm gonna go with uh, a boy like that slash I have a love. Oh, I love that song. Um, it's a big lyrical, like, and musical inspiration to me in like my own songwriting. Um, and I love the use in the episode. And I thought Rachel and Santana were like just amazing in it, like their costumes, their performance. Yes. Oh my goodness, Rachel. their voices sound really, Give really good more together. more musical theater, Rachel, please, and yeah. more Santana in general. <laughs> Actually, I love all of the dresses from that time period. It was good, mm-hmm. yeah. They're all really pretty. So, that brings us to the end of our episode. Ginger, you're somewhat of a social media star, so do you want to <laughs> plug your somies? Sure. <laughs> Um, so I have a cosplay Instagram. It's at that underscore S-E-W underscore ginger. And you can find me there making things. Yay. Yay. Even in the era of COVID, still making stuff, still dressing up, still doing awesome stuff. Making awesome like art. all of these beautiful people here that make awesome art every week. New Glee. We are also on uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. We are at Glee Boot Pod on all three of those. And then we are also Glee Boot Pod.tumblr.com. 
on Tumblr? You can follow my other podcast at Wanderers Cove Podcast on Instagram. Um, and check us out wherever you get your podcast, Wanderers Cove. Mm-hmm. And you can follow my Instagram at a.m.swearingen, S-W-E-A-R-I-N-G-E-N. I haven't been posting a lot lately because work has me working a lot of overtime. Making that money. Money. Dollar dollar but, bills, uh, y'all. I do try to post when I make stuff, so. Like Suki's collar. Yes, her collar. So cute. It matches her eyes. Mm-hmm. I'll have to hit you up for one for Fiero. Mm. Oh my god, that'd be cute. Yes. You could be like matching. Oh, podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Ginger, so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having yes. me. I just feel like now I just am weirdly allured to Coach Beast's character development. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll keep mm-hmm. you updated. <laughs> keep you posted on that. Um, yeah, uh, we hope you had a good time. We hope our listeners had a good time listening. Uh, tune in next week for the mash-off. Exciting stuff. Again? Another mash-off. <laughs> Alyssa's so over it. Again? More mash-offs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks guys bye bye, bye.